Hello and welcome to the Easy Allies podcast. I'm your moderator, Brandon Jones. Joining me this week, panelists Michael Damiani. Yo. Michael Huber. Hello. My note-taken co-moderator, Daniel Bloodworth. Hello. And making it all happen by starting the Zoom call in Slack, Ian Hank. Hello. Are you at the uh, appropriate distance, Huber? Little, yes. Little last minute yes. shuffle. Are you yeah. cozy? Sorry. I'm cozy. I'm very cozy. Good to hear. Distinguished guests, we are here to discuss the biggest headlines in the world of video games. But before we do that, we must atone for all of the mistakes we made last week. Ian, begin corrections music, please. Boop. A fantastic run of corrections. There's just a couple. Two are clarifications, and one is totally my fault, and not even about video games. Uh, Die Another Day is the Bond film I was trying to reference. Huber knew what I was talking about, but it was Die Another Day, not Tomorrow Never Dies with the minefield. Uh, the obelisk clarification, the obelisk from Flight Sim was caused by a data entry error in Bing Maps. Someone made an edit to OpenStreetMap indicating a building had 212 floors instead of two. According to PC Gamer, another obelisk has been found in the Italian countryside. So hopefully we find more of those as the game goes on. So wait, can we go in and make obelisks? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> I, I think maybe they're they're policing that stuff now. I think they might be keeping uh, an eye on it. But I think that data was from yeah pulled some time ago. Been so yeah, I, I don't think they are updating everything in real time now. Whether people are flying into the hurricane and stuff, yeah. Oh, you jumped right ahead to the end of the podcast. We'll get to that again later. Uh, <laughs> that this is corrections, Bloodworth. This is corrections. Uh, and clarification, Takeshi and Hiroshi, Hiroshi is apparently not a sad game. A lot of people reached out to us and said... Several people tweeted eh, me that, yeah. Give it a shot. End cool. corrections music, please. Boop. Before we get into the big headlines that happened this week, I would like to talk about the silver lining of this industry this past week. You know, there's a lot of stressful things to worry about in the world right now. There's a lot of reasons uh, to be upset about stuff. We will certainly cover a lot of that this week in the podcast. But there are still good people, good things good news to report. So I've asked our $5 patrons at patreon.com slash to let me know what is a silver lining in the world of video games. We got a good one from Mr. Robert Cassidy. Despite being forced online by COVID, uh, summer games done quick still managed to raise $2.3 million for Doctors Without oh, Borders yeah. this past week. I did not check any of this out. Did any of us watch Games Done Quick this last week? I, I watched, I've watched lots of it, not live. I always watch the, the YouTube uploads later. But I've watched maybe like, I don't know, 10 of them. Uh, I, just, I watched some Streets of Rage 4. It's awesome. Nice. nice. I, I saw somebody did Half-Life Alex, and uh, oh, which, cool. which you know, they, they were masked the whole time. So they're scrambling on the floor and like, you know, running into stuff. Uh, wow. A very interesting game to speed run. But uh, um, definitely an entertaining stream to check out no matter what game you focus on. But wonderful that they I were able to raise that quick. much money for Doctors Without Borders. Let's get into the actual headlines. We just had Gamescom opening night live, super fresh. Ian, uh, Damiani, Bloodworth, and myself were on our live reactions, and uh, Huber has caught up with most of it. Um, just, I mean, just starting off, we didn't necessarily grade it. What do we do? We were we generally positive on the Gamescom opening night live? I, I feel good about reacting to it. I was the only one it. who graded it. I think. Yeah, um, generally positive, but there's. There's a lot of filler. There's a lot of stuff in there that doesn't need to be there. And I think some of it like is just because of Gamescom going to be Gamescom and Jeff can't even do anything about it. You know, like the awards, which I just find in inherently silly, uh, the way that they, they do the awards. Because even on a not virtual year, right, 
giving out the awards in the opening ceremony just it seems bizarre like nobody has gone in to play these games yet <laughs> when you're actually at and e3 I, they got like the placards you know like ign and games yeah. everybody and they always run over like first thing or even you know because there are a lot of our exhibitors they get a chance even before the doors open to just go over and yoink yeah, so I, I I do wonder you know what that process is like. Whether there is you know a Gamescom equivalent of you know the Judges Week that E3 has, but there's so much stuff you know even with E3 where like Judges Week doesn't cover the big boys. <laughs> Best action game was Star Wars Squadrons, and I yeah, think what uh, I saw members of the Squadron staff being like, what? <laughs> like, I, what's happening? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so, like, I don't know what this is, but yay! You know, we did it. It's very strange. They should have just done like most anticipated and had people vote that way. Like that's a normal award. It's also unclear to me, at least, who determines these no awards. No idea. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. It was also the funny thing is, is the IGN way they were presented. Uh, I, I mean, IGN did present them, but they, these are the Gamescom awards. But I think a lot of people probably weren't even clear that what this was an award for you know yeah. like even as we were reacting but brandon was like this game's not out he's like yeah because it's the games that are at the show even though the show isn't at anywhere yeah the pretend games come <laughs> yeah well if you yeah usually if we were going to give out e3 awards you would say the best action game of e3 you would kind of mm-hmm. indicate <laughs> like those are the, the best circumstances carpet. behind this but uh, best best carpet People, the last one we I gave out, they it. were like actually really thrilled about that. Yeah, <laughs> people like so awards. Good. If you give people any yeah. award, you know, at these it, it, people work long days at these conventions, uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of people working at Gamescom. But Gamescom, as a actual live event or as a you know physical event, is not happening. Crash Bandicoot proved as much uh, by running that around was the convention hall. Yeah, one of the best parts. So, so funny. Yeah. Who was the robot guy? He fist bumped. <laughs> It's like, it's like a Gamescom game mascot. Bot. Yeah. The Gamescom robot. Yeah. Got it. Good, it's good to know there's a reason to break that sucker out of storage. You know, when, when they got the call from Crash Bandicoot, they were like, Crash's oh, well, mask. Thought... His mask is the best. Just this big old giant mask. Black. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so this was, you know, of course, uh, you know, produced by Jeff Keighley. This is opening night lives. So this is just kicking off the events of Gamescom this week. So, you know, we will have more looks at gameplay, more news, you know, that will be coming out throughout the week. So this was just the beginning of Gamescom. Uh, Jeff Keighley seemed super excited about it. And he was very, very excited that it was live. Did it need to be? Was there... Was there anything we kind of salvaged? He, you know, it, it, I, I did see some people talking about like this kind of felt like what things used to be like. Like he, he you know, at the very end, he teased, you know, join me at the Game Awards, and I wonder if we're gonna get the same kind of like box animation, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, I potentially the same kind of crew. I don't know how many live people are showing up, how they're gonna handle handing out awards and stuff, but I could see trying to recreate, you know, this vibe of being live. But I don't know if it necessarily made the show better. I found it more enjoyable, honestly, because the stuff earlier this summer was just, it was all Zoom calls, dressed up Zoom calls or whatever they were using. And it was nice to have something that had some resemblance to what we used to have, that this was something you would expect to actually see when Gamescom was actually going on proper. And I I, I feel like that did pay off. I, I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily did anything in terms of getting me more excited about stuff but it 
came off as a better show, I think, having having those expectations. And so many of the companies have diverged from what they've traditionally done these past few months. It just Any kind of return to normalcy was nice. As a film and video nerd, I loved the production aspects of it, too. Like the LED walls and LED floor and the AR stuff and the video calls in the wall that actually worked mm-hmm. this time. Mm-hmm. Like, they tried to do that at the... I always forget what it what it was. The thing that was after the thing that Greg did that was still part of the thing that Greg hosted, but it was... Oh. Uh, the Paradox. Yeah, it was Paradox, yeah. The... But it like the timing of it was mostly better. There was a little bit of delay on that first guy, but yeah, it went it went off. It seemingly went off without a hitch. So I liked all that aspect, you know, of it. And they had a lot of like what they used to call magazines. Uh, they had a lot of like pre-edited stuff to roll in, you know, to all the trailers and all the segments. Ian, I'm flummoxed. You're like the king of the direct, man. You always say that like every every company needs to just pre-record it and stop it with the live nonsense. Well, all all of that said, there would have been very little difference. If, in fact, it would have been slightly better and a minute shorter if it was pre-taped and they just cut out the dead air waiting for right. delay. You know, like there would have been literally no difference. There was no aspect of this that needed to be live because, like, at least unless I'm forgetting something, like it wasn't reacting to anything in real time it wasn't if anything the only thing it being live did was just like make keely's blood pump faster because like things could go wrong <laughs> which we want you know? yeah and it was prob- maybe cheaper no i don't know i always appreciate you only when need keely... the space for a day but i don't know hmm. i always appreciate when keely interviews people live the ratchet and clank interview live i thought because that was live it just Dude, had a cool yeah. vibe to it. It was so much nicer. Yeah, he could yeah. get him, you know, he could ask him about things. He can rib with them. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, him cutting like himself off at the end was really good. <laughs> he was like, oh, never Launch mind. Launch window? Never mind. Yeah. yeah. He's like, never mind, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How big is that window? <laughs> but, yeah, the, yeah, it gave it a little bit of, like, a human touch because Keeley would have, like, ums or pauses. And it, they, it was he's really talented, really good. But it's just nice to see that that again because everything has been so like packaged and produced and or a zoom call where it's just like so low quality it's just like you just pass off whatever happens is okay yeah it it was nice and all all that said like usually for me the inclusion of like twitter reactions to the show as it's happening you know you isn't often adding much in my opinion so it's like Hmm. yeah uh, didn't didn't hurt it being live. The more I think about it, of course, Game Awards, you know, would benefit from being live because people don't know they're getting awards yet. Hopefully, oh, <laughs> good right. point. So, you obviously want that stuff to be live and happen in the moment. You know, not let some editor out there spoil it because they you, they put all that stuff together. Although Keely does edit a lot of his own stuff. What Damian? Really? He got his tease at the end. The Game Awards will be live. He said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so Keely does the hype montage, Ian. Yeah. His own the hype one. Yeah. Oh right, 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 right. He always tweets out when he's finished with it. He's like he the rush, the <laughs> adrenaline. You smell that? It's hype. Uh, Love it. Huber Insomniac is out of control right out now. Out of control, baby. So Insomniac <laughs> is in a position right now to basically show us the longest look, you know, with the exception obviously of if you add up all the 10 second glimpses we've had of Godfall, but just in in one go, the <laughs> longest continuous gameplay demonstration we've had of the PlayStation 5. And they're also working on Miles Morales, which we haven't seen yet. 
Mm-hmm. How are they doing that? Well, Miles, Miles Morales has, it's got to help that it's New York again, right? So like they have the blueprint for that. It's more than an expansion, but not a full-fledged sequel. And then Ratchet and Clank games are are big as well. So it feels like two medium to large games rather than one supersized game. So I think that's how they they get away with that. Um, I'm just stoked. Yeah, they uh, I know that they dropped the news that it's after Into the Nexus. Because remember, they had the movie-based game, which was like its own mm-hmm. yeah. weird timeline thing. So now we have confirmation. We're continuing the story. It's been so long. So that was just a incredible gameplay demo. It's awesome. I thought that looked pretty great. That was a very colorful yeah. game. I mean, it's it seems strange because maybe I'm just used to very serious games selling new gen consoles. You have to have some like some dramatic right. action game uh, where it's just kind of fun to have big, colorful, crazy vibes. Um, when it it was nice to see. Like at the time, I was kind of like, mm, this is sixty percent the same thing we've already seen from this game, but. In hindsight, thinking about it now, it's sort of nice because we can have a direct comparison to, like, how the optimization is going for the hardware. Because, like, the last time we saw it, there was some pretty bad pop-in, and there was some, like, hitching here and there. And I noticed less of that. I haven't gone back and rewatched it, so maybe mm-hmm. it is still there, but I noticed less of that in real time watching it this time. So that's good news. Yeah. Like, it looks... It looks real <laughs> one of my big takeaways were all the npcs everywhere like that's <laughs> yeah we were talking so about that yeah huge for ratchet and clank to make all these planets yeah. yes yeah they're saying so they're that's like heroes is, to them i love it oh it's so good because usually like an npc will be just at a spot on the map mm-hmm. uh so just to have all these citizens like running around <laughs> freaking out yeah such like, a game changer even when you jump through the portals they kept their position like when they were like running they had like one running past you and it was really cool to see that the only thing that, I mean, it looked it looked really good to me too. I just I lament the the no hands on thing. The the not because they in the interview they were touting the dual sense how it wasn't just yeah. the SSD that the dual sense is making a difference with this game, and that's something you're only gonna understand once you get your hands on it. And that's why I was championing yo. They said it's a launch window game, so you know if it's not gonna be ready at launch. Put what we saw that demo. Make that available day one on PlayStation Five. Just let people yeah, play put it with in there that. With Astrobot. Yeah, that with Astrobot would be a great one to combo Dude. for Dual Sense potentially. Heck yeah. Yeah. The uh, the 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 cynic in me, because um, you know everyone's saying like no more load times, no more load times, and like with this demo, I'm like, well, kinda that the rifts. I mean, the rift fast, is a load but time. The yeah, rift but... is hiding a load. Like that's what that is. Like it's you're going through into that little blue space, <laughs> and then you load in the new area. And like I'm wondering if later in the game, if you're going from one big area to another, you're in that rift for a little while. You know, yeah. I wonder. Like but because that's what it is. Slowly. Yeah. But they specifically. <laughs> yeah, but they specifically said was no loading screens. Right, right. And so that basically... And I mean, obviously, it's a little tongue-in-cheek, my complaint. Like, it's very fast, and it looks cool anyway, so... Yeah, you don't get that, you know, cutaway to a still image with a progress bar and a tooltip and all that stuff. it tells you about blood vials. (laughs) Damiani, how long can you go on a calendar before you're not considered in a launch window? What are we talking here? Two months? (laughs) I mean, this this already happened before. The launch window for some stuff was considered like 
months, like th- uh, like I thought three to four months at one point. Yeah, for I one feel of like March is is in the window. Was right? it like PlayStation Four where they said like launch window or Wii U? Some, one of them they said launch window games. They kept talking about it ahead of their console release, and it was games just coming out all over the place over a course of like three to four months. So. I saw some. I remember some of you were saying you expected it maybe by end of the year. I, I think it could come out any time between whenever disposed launches this year till probably the end of Q1 next year, and then you consider that mm-hmm. launch window probably. Yeah, I hope, I think I hope it's this March. year because I I tried to add it to my fantasy. <sighs> right, <laughs> nice, <laughs> smart. I just feel like yeah, for me, if if you're launching before Christmas, then your launch window is before Christmas. Like it just. It's just one of those things because there's always that dead zone. There's always that space from the middle of December until January where just nothing is coming out. And so it's hard for me to justify calling that, oh, we're in the launch window in mid-January. And I'm just like, no, it's, it's, it's done. It's passed. You know, like, whereas, you know, with the GameCube, like, I consider Smash Brothers Melee in the launch window because that was, like, a week or two later. You know, mm-hmm. and that was... You know, the, the GameCube came out in, like, November, and then Smash Brothers was out, like, first week or two in December. And so, yeah, you, you were basically, like, the money you were going to spend on the GameCube, like, you needed to include Smash Brothers. <laughs> like, it's going to come out quick enough to where it might as well, you know, be right there on day one. So, if you're going to stretch it, maybe three months you get to four. I'm like, no. Well, so, no, here's no, no. the here's the thing. We might get into some kind of crazy <laughs> malarkey with like uh, what counts as a launch because like Sony with their little window of like, hey, you can get a chance to be in the lottery to pre-order this console. Like, really makes me think the think first this, run's gonna be real tough. I think to they get. said it's not yeah. a lottery. Actually, it's gonna be first. Well, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Well, still, it's just is, like a bizarre the, thing that Sony's never really done anyway right. they're selling direct to consumer right which is yeah kind of weird i worry about how quickly the console would, would get to a person if you bought it through them yeah because they don't have that infrastructure necessarily oh that's a valid concern yeah because like i'm like okay if i'm i'm gonna rush and buy it straight yeah. from sony yeah. and then Whoops. it's gonna take four weeks to come get to me right. like come on historically but i mean like yeah who knows just because, like, I, I always see games coming out. Like, March is always such a huge month. Like, I always think yeah. God of War, mm-hmm. March. So, to me, the launch Souls. window ends after March. Like, I'll give they them that March. first big chunk yeah. of time. Like, March is the big heavy hitters. Like, that, to me, is the launch window. If you get those big March PS5 games, like, that counts. Counts so for me. Back with the PS4, I looked it up. Sony was saying some launch window games. And they were labeling Wolfenstein The New Order and Infamous Second Son as launch window games. So console came out in November 2013. Infamous Second Son came out in March 2014. March. And Wolfenstein okay. came out in May of 2014. Ah, those, were considered, those were considered launch window May. games. For May, May is I feel like those maybe hit some delays. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Because, like, Drive Club was also supposed to be a launch game, and that didn't happen until, like, another year. That's right. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if these these psychos are just, like, fiscal year is the launch window. Like, same fiscal year, which would end in, like, what, May or something? I don't know when the No, that would be the end of March. Yeah, March 31st. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why why March is big. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But also, I wonder if if any of us will get a PS5. I'm probably not eventually. Gonna, I'm not gonna try we'll to launch. Yeah, it's gonna be hard not, to get that thing right now. 
Absolutely. You're not going to drive everyone? Fast as possible. I'm, I'm going to try to get right away. I want controllers. I want controllers. That's all I care about. I mean, about everyone's right going to try. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm I don't gonna, think I'm they're going to controllers separately. But with all this, how they're handling this, it seems like it's going to be whether or not... They might have a worldwide release date for this, but I still feel like people are going to get it, as you were pointing out. It's going to be staggered. People are probably not yeah. going to be getting them all yeah. at the same time. So I feel like more so than ever, launch window is going to be expanded for, for, for yeah. PS5, at the very least. I wonder if I can cancel my bid on Ratchet and Clank for oh. my fantasy team. <laughs> you're saying can't, can't your you bid guys, for PS5. You guys, Free order. you guys have got me not believing. Gotta have like 10 computers up at once. Just like, all right. Oh, yeah, dude. It's gonna be like trying to get concert tickets, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Stress. I'm, I'm stressed. Yeah. Do they, are they saying launch window maybe because they don't have a you know release date yet or even like a an idea of when are they waiting on sony potentially is do you think there's any any push from Maybe. sony to be like just don't even talk about you know if you're not at launch if you're not right there well even at launch like what was it i want to say it was uh yakuza like a dragon where they were saying like launch day for xbox series x but then playstation 4 there was like tbd and like you know it's coming on launch day if they're going to hit everything else Maybe. But they just, they can't even, they they can't even confirm that until Sony wants to say, this is our lineup. That, again, we talked about this at the end of our reactions to the ONL, but like, it's so weird that we don't know more about these damn consoles. Like, is it just coming out in a month and a half? Is it because they're, they're, it's just a game of chicken? Like, are they waiting for the other one to do a price? And then the other one is going to be like, all right, we're cheaper. Like is is it really it feels that? Like it. Maybe it, there's got to be something. Right? Why would that have, have been the case in every console launch ever? Why is this one just like just dragged? Maybe out there's so much to so risk. So much more. We maybe don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait. It'll be really telling when we can get some financial reports. For I think they don't have this, to. Oh, they might not give. Maybe, but traditionally they do put out the reports. All three of the big three do. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see the end of the fiscal year covering COVID, what was really going on. So we might not know that we might not get some insights until then. I don't think it's as simple as just playing chicken, honestly. I, I think I, there's some other yeah. things going on, and it's just it seems like short lead time for everything right now is the safest strategy, and I think people are just not used to it with a console. But it is honestly a little unfair and a little not. It's not the smartest play in my opinion. The closer you get the worse it's going to be for consumers because they need to save up for these however much they're going to cost it's not going to be cheap they're not doing themselves any favors by doing this but i I honestly expect september i I think we're gonna get a deluge of stuff i think we're getting sony and microsoft stuff in the first half of september you know and let's uh you know hope nintendo the the, every week's rumor nintendo direct finally happens (laughs) maybe that'll maybe they'll happen in september and we'll just get like a week that will be the new e3 week will be a week in september we get everything That would be I bad. Mean, I, I mean, definitely... that would definitely be competitive to the events we had this summer. <laughs> I definitely think the, the, the console, like what we're seeing is a confluence of events here with COVID where the consoles were ready enough that they were going into production, pre-production, whatever, earlier in the year. And like factories shutting down delayed them slightly, but not enough to stop them. Whereas like software development, companies have been slowed down a lot so i think what's happening really is probably the consoles are still on target or they pushed it back without us knowing by a month or two when but um software is 
lagging way behind, and that's why we're not hearing about launch titles and stuff, because there aren't any. Because, <laughs> like, they all got slowed down by COVID too much. Right. So. But, yeah, what I mean by they don't, yeah, they don't have to do it yet is I, I think there is a lot more impetus for them to have all that information and having all, all the pre-orders ready and stuff when they do those kind of in-person kiosks and things that they would have had by now. So it's like, oh, you're at Best Buy. You get to play the PlayStation 5. Okay, put your pre-order down. And since a lot of that's not happening, then... Okay, well, let's step back on this stuff, you know. And, and even when they were talking about uh, marketing the Dual Sense, and like they just they had to create this weird TV spot where everybody was on a green screen and stuff, you know. And 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 they're just entirely rethinking their marketing. So I think I think that's a bigger part of it too. Is just like what is the marketing strategy is one of the dilemmas, one of the puzzles they're trying to put together. Yeah. Uh, another company I thought I did pretty well today in Gamescom, dare I say, Electronic Arts. Oh. Oh. Four games hmm. featured in the showcase Dragon Age yeah. 4, Star Wars Squadrons, Sims 4 is going to Batu, <laughs> going to Galaxy's Edge. And I was actually very impressed. I think my favorite trailer uh, was uh, for Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. Uh, going back and watching that a couple of times, mm -hmm. there's a lot of really fun edits in there. Uh, admittedly, Dragon Age 4 dropped my absolute least favorite genre of trailer. Uh, and uh, <laughs> as you stressed, you know, uh, uh, Ian, and as I've seen people express online, people would like Sims to do other things than add lightsabers and um, help us visit uh, theme parks that are currently closed in California. <laughs> but uh, this is a lot from that company. Um, our, you know, and even though I despise that format of the Dragon Age 4 trailer, boy, are Dragon Age fans flipping out from what I can tell uh, really? in comments and on social. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, I imagine it's just kind of like the mirage in the desert. They're just really happy to get anything mm -hmm. at this point. You know, if, mm -hmm. if we got like a bad Elden Ring trailer today, at least, we, you know, it would be something to mm -hmm. talk about. Um, but uh, that was kind of a surprise to me. I saw some people commenting on that and then I, mm -hmm. you know, did the math like yeah that was um uh is there do, do we do we give EA credit today for their performance at gamescom opening night live i think yeah because it was uh it was substantial gameplay from three games and the one that is far off they at least showed some work in progress gameplay we saw the guy with the shield doing some shield bash so it's like okay at least it's like you get a little hazy concept of this mythical Dragon Age that's many years away. Um, but yeah, the deep dive into Medal of Honor and, and Squadrons, I thought was pretty neat. Like, Medal of Honor looks sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was one I was, like, giving me flashbacks because there's, like, just parts of previous Medal of Honor games that were clearly referenced, you know? <laughs> like, this exact texture is being used here. Yeah, you they, know. they kept saying Allied Assault. That's, like... One of my favorite games growing up. Uh, and bringing back one of the pioneers of the franchise mm -hmm. you know, to work on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, VR is one of the main reasons I'm excited about Star Wars Squadrons. And so uh, it was neat to have stuff in VR that was uh, focused on, but uh, was just surprised. Yeah. But at the same time, it's two VR games, which like, yeah, I don't really have. So it's like, well, shit, that Metal of Honor game looks sick. I don't have Oculus. Like I could borrow one one day, but it's like a little harder to get fully excited 
squadrons or, is or VR. VR. Squad- yeah, squadrons is is right. either or. Uh, yeah. Creator's intent, though, Ian. <laughs> is it? You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, think it, yeah. I think it. I think it's a VR game that they're like, we gotta make this. <laughs> we gotta make this pay off. Make it not VR yeah. compatible. The creator's intent is to sell as many copies <laughs> exactly. as possible. The. Uh, I was just thinking about that because, like, the only thing we'd seen of Dragon Age, unless there was something I'm forgetting, was the weird title screen, mm-hmm. like dragon floating around, like stone, whatever, from a couple of years ago. And I, I, I wondered if this exact dev diary had been the announcement, if it would have been hype or if it would have felt lackluster still as a dev uh, log, you know? As the announcement, because I did hear because, that like, the Dragon Age Four was like a surprise to even some of the devs. They were like, "I didn't know we were making a trailer. What is this?" You know, because it you know right resonated with fans, but it didn't really tell a lot. Because so, like yeah. th- this this devlog now, having known that this game was theoretically in the works a couple of years ago, made me think like, "What have you been doing for two years?" Like if if you're showing us concept art, but then you said they're recording VO, so it's like you're giving me conflicting messages here. Are you at the eighty percent line or the 10% line like what's going on with this game so yeah I don't know sorry Damian what were you no, no, yeah uh, I, I the perspective of like Jones who's saying that there are fans who are pretty excited about it uh, to do to, to be fair you know not to be too harsh on EA obviously they are deserving of a, some of the stuff they get thrown at them and maybe the dev diary this wasn't the best place for it maybe doing it on their own just releasing it standalone but I could also I can actually see how people can get excited for me, like, I just gonna imagine, like, imagine if that was, like, a Metroid Prime 4, how they showed off Metroid Prime 4 for the first time, it's not ready to show off, and they showed that instead. They showed, like, some behind-the-scenes, like, tester footage and stuff like that, and some concept art. Spe- like, Nintendo fans yeah, be, be analyzing that, there'd be a million out. videos up, or they'd be, like, be talking about it, like, for a week, non-stop, and they'd be excited, whereas this, and, but you made a good point, Ian, during the, uh, during the reactions, that, uh, I think this is what the issue is, the whole time they were kind of touting themselves as like we're still a big deal we're still in your good graces right. whereas they've had two missteps and they need to kind of earn back that trust so i think that's where expectations need to be tempered a bit and where this pre- type of presentation for this type of game falls flat well yeah i'm excited for this game like i think i, I the character designs they showed looked really cool and, and the concept seems really cool as far as I can tell, but like, yeah, the fact that it's EA doing another dev diary and it's Bioware doing another dev diary, you know, it's like instantly I'm just like, didn't you learn your lesson? Like, I, I, I recall the, stop doing these. The first glimpse we really got of Mass Effect Andromeda was very similar to this time. Yeah. Almost identical to this. Yeah. And then we did, and then remember we got another one like the year after that. Like, we saw like two or three different years of dev diaries of Andromeda. And we were just like, why are you still doing this? Like, show us the game or don't talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very, I think I'm very much on the, like, don't don't talk about it until you've got something that's ready to show. Because, yeah, this is something that it could be interesting to, to look at after the fact. But you generally want to see behind-the-scenes stuff, like, after you've seen the thing. Right. <laughs> you know, you don't like having a polygon mesh of like what some spell you know <laughs> chain is going to look like doesn't really help anybody i yeah, think in the spell <laughs> i think it, it would be on brand to bring up elden ring in this instance because i feel like it's you can't 
win if you show your game and if you don't show your game because it's like elden ring could be in the exact same boat Mm. as dragon age it could be so far off like they might not have a lot and it's like they're not showing it and now people are just going crazy like show me this game show me this game show me this game and then on the other side it's like all right here's a dev diary like we're working on it we're working on it and people are, are like you know, Suicide Squad only had the the cinematic trailer, and it's like, where's the gameplay? Where's the gameplay? So it's like, I can't imagine being in charge of these decisions and like knowing, all right, now we're gonna show it, or when do we show it? So I don't. I want to like I want to. I need you to imagine, to... Huber. I'm paying you to imagine. <laughs> are you saying yeah. It? Well, I want to. I want to talk to whoever the people who continually make these decisions to announce years in advance are like i i imagine it's often not the game's director or whatever it's it's a studio head or it's a marketing head or someone who's like what do you got we got to show something and it's like i want to know <laughs> what why. do you got i want to know what the reason is and like what what how does it translate to dollars for your company well, like how does showing happy, you know well people, I, people I think on the board are gonna it be makes, like nice we got this that's, i think that's cool what it is it makes rock dragon logo coming sometime soon <laughs> Right, it makes shareholders excited about EA's stock mm. and it goes up and it's like that's when it becomes a weird thing where you realize like the enthusiasts are we just like pawns to EA's <laughs> stock market game? Mm-hmm. Like yes. are, they're toying sure. with our feelings, mm-hmm. you know, when they shouldn't be in that way or like as far as like just you shouldn't show a thing if it's 7 years away cuz then you get into like last guardian situations <laughs> like you know or it's just like ludicrous yeah so so it's a weird thing we're all just like pawns in somebody else's game you know they look like ants from up here they are (laughs) are ants uh notable reveals from gamescom opening night live unknown nine awakening um, one mm-hmm. of those games that just can't be called <laughs> Unknown Nine. They just yeah. can't. The subtitle is way bigger than the actual title. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes. Yeah, I, I feel like I felt like they have a franchise already laid out. Yeah, they, I mean, that's another. Well, thing. That's, that's the one another they said, thing. right? That they had the cross media thing. Yeah, it's cross the, media. Oh, there it yeah. is. That's the other. Th- that did bother me at the time, but I didn't talk about it. But it's like it's like a dev diary too, where it's like don't announce your franchise before you know the game is gonna hit. You know. <laughs> right. Like have a success and then say, oh hey, guess what. We planned this from the start. Yeah, new IP, though. I, I think this is kind of... If it's a new IP, I think the rules are different in terms of letting the cat out of the bag because we just plain forget stuff, you know? Yeah. And so then if, so, you, if you, you know, go under the radar and then take the time that you need and then you come back in a big way when you have gameplay, we're like, oh, but right, then Jones, you know? If it's a failure, then you know how much more of a failure it is because you thought that they were... They wanted to anthem. They wanted to make it like a seven-year plan. Mm, right. And it's like so, it didn't last seven days. I've got four or five things here for the Unknown Nine universe. Oh my! So there is the a mystery. <laughs> there's a mystery thriller novel by Leighton Green cool. entitled Sick. Unknown Nine Genesis. There it is. An original podcast called Unknown Nine Out of Sight. Oh, like a, a narrative co- podcast. Okay. Maybe. Sure. Yeah, it's a fictional podcast. That's what someone in There's the Last of Us podcast that just talks about Last of Us. Uh, there's a comic book called Unknown Nine Torment. Mm-hmm. And then you can delve into the Unknown Nine story world by visiting unknownnine.com. Number nine or spelled out? It's uh, number, number nine. Right? Yeah. yeah. Unknown Nine. I mean, if the game is sick, I'll partake, but this seems I a mean, little. That- 
pre preemptive. <laughs> that yeah. opening cinematic looked very good. Like the yeah. graphics looked very good, but it's Looks a CG, cool. so like whatever. Yeah. Spend uh, a couple million bucks on Blur, anybody can do that. <laughs> it 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 uh, I thought resonated a little bit more than Bridge Constructor: The Walking Dead. Um, just like had to have a live action the crossover you didn't see coming yeah but it was a pretty goofy trailer too so at least the game kind of knew like we know this doesn't uh and you were saying bridge bridge constructor portal is very tongue-in-cheek i mean it's a funny game yeah i just it's funny to me for like a franchise like that to latch on to figure out like okay we only have a niche audience how do we get more people in like Walking Dead, bring it in, bring it, come on, do it. You know, it's like we're gonna get franchise. Yeah, are we gonna get Cooking Simulator, the, the Walking Dead? You know, are we gonna get Mechanic Simulator, the Walking Dead? You know, like, oh my God, fix Hubert. your car before the zombies come. Huber, Vacation that just made me think. There should be a like come comes out on Halloween. There's a cooking game, but it's Hannibal. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, that's good. That's really good. So messed up. That is messed up, but so good. Uh, the other VR Huber was uh, Sam and Max, which looks fun. And you mm. said there was more to see after the fact, that there was more gameplay. Yeah, during the Gamescom stream, that it seems like IGN is just heading up the whole Gamescom channel for this whole three days or four days, however long it lasts. Lemnus Gate debuted, and you checked that out, Ian. I, I saw it. Uh, I mean, I saw basically that same trailer, and then I could ask the devs questions at the mm-hmm. Frontier Showcase, whenever that was, a couple of weeks ago, a month ago. And uh, yeah, it they weren't they were being a little cagey, but yeah, it, it seems kind of cool. It, it's it's one of those games, much like a lot of these, where it's like you really just need to see how it feels and how it plays to really know. But um, the general idea is different characters with skills and abilities, five rounds that are twenty five seconds each and uh time rewinds so you like strategize each each 25 second round and then you do the next one to try to like capitalize on the things you learned in the first one i guess um yeah i don't know seems cool it lost me by the end of the trailer i was like i, I don't same. know what the, <laughs> they're strategizing everyone in the doing, same but. yeah everyone yeah. in the frontier showcase like all of the press people it, it, we're pretty confused. They they had to like explain it a couple of times. Oh. That's cool though. Like that seems like such a cool, yeah. unique yeah. type of game. I'm always down for that. <laughs> It'd be great if it was an esport. The commentators were like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> lost it. Six minutes Time in every match, they're like, dimension. "And now I'm out." I'm done. You know, who knows? Well, and what's funny is there's another game that was announced recently that may or may not be early access called Quantum League. That is a similar idea of. You, you play one version of time and then you rewind and do another version and the previous you is still there shooting where you told it to shoot. Whoa. Um, so I, I don't know how similar or different they will be, but yeah, it's a thing right now. People are messing with time, I guess, in games. Thanks, Nolan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it all because of the Tenet trailer? Is it? Uh, and uh, we got some World of Warcraft announcements, but uh, thankfully, finally... Uh, Warhammer is getting some video game treatment with Age of Sigmar Stormground, um, which do we know? We got some emails for that blood. What are, I mean, we they, I got they, MOBA vibes. They yeah, it they looked, pitched these three factions, which were like sure. Well, that was the other one, wasn't that? That was the like that was a different one. Yeah, I've got something one. here. Let's see. Necromunda Underhive Wars. Necromunda Underhive. Say it again. It's a turn-based strategy game. Underhive Wars. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, and so this uh, is the funny part. This is where what the way why Jeff's introduction made it sound weird. It's like it's the first strategy ap- adaptation of Game Workshop's 
Extraordinary Dark Fantasy Age of Sigmar IP. So even though it's Warhammer, Age of Sigmar is considered something separate Got in it. the minds of Games from, Workshop. From what I gather from playing Vermintide 2 a whole bunch, Sigmar is like God or something. Like mm. a couple of the characters say like, by Sigmar or whatever all the time. Yeah, it says immortal knights ride heavenly star drakes to eradicate hellish legions across the realms. As Whoa. you do, yeah. <laughs> just come this normal day normal but those were all games we didn't know you about before do uh, opening night live started uh, highlights from stuff that we did know about um, Doom Eternal the Ancient Gods which I don't oh, think yeah. could do any wrong part one yeah Hell I think yes. I think if they even had a Dragon Age trailer we would be excited um, a Dragon Age-esque trailer uh, Little Nightmares 2 looks fantastic mm, yeah boy yeah. amazing dude certainly Visually, yeah so disturbing just, I know there, that was another one that some somewhere in this weekend's got an extended demo. I don't know if it's happened yet or not. Oh, oh, like to watch, not to play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I need to, to like see anymore. Just yeah, I've seen enough. Play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, particularly if it's just as short. I'm curious how much longer it might be because yeah, yeah Little Nightmares was one of those games that was like two nights. Probably. Yeah, a weekend. Yeah, totally blood. Yeah, when did we talk about that blood? I remember you were get like Hubert, play this. Yeah, it's been a couple years. Now. I remember that. That's, two nights sounds perfect. <laughs> Please, Little Nightmares two, the two meaning two nights. I love when blood pesters you to play a game. It's a good feeling. Do yeah, it's a little taste of your own medicine, Hubert. <laughs> yep, uh, <laughs> exactly. Except usually it's a code that we got for something nobody's ever heard of. It's like blood. I don't wanna. <laughs> Uh, 12 Minutes got a cast, a hell of a cast. Yeah, yeah, baby. And I'm seeing a lot of people that are still excited about that. And so that is a, I imagine that's a very, you know, I, there's a lot of decisions you can make, but I, I imagine that game can be extremely spoiler heavy, you know, like you might not yes. know what type of stuff you're going to see. And so I could see the marketing team being nervous about showing too much. And mm-hmm. I think from not seeing an incredible amount of that game, people are still excited. I think the, that, you know, marketing campaign is doing well. It almost yes. looked like the same trailer, just with Willem Dafoe reading a poem over it. Almost. Some probably like maybe, some of the same. Maybe clips, I didn't yeah. go back and I didn't go back and compare them, but you know. There was one shot of the wife bleeding on the seemed floor. Seemed a little I different. Don't remember. Yeah. It was. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, a little different. Um, I'm not complaining. This game looks hype as hell. Mm-hmm. Willem, I could just like mm-hmm. when Willem Dafoe is just doing calm voice, I could just like, you know, it's like a soup. You just like fall <laughs> into it. Damn it! I want soup now. But yeah, speaking of time loops, it's actually kind of. It's kind of sad for this game because it feels like now everybody's doing it. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, like they announced this game a long time ago. In development Nolan. for a long time. And uh, now <laughs> it's like, oh, we got Deathloop. We got Lemniscape. We got Quantum League. Braid did it first. Yeah. True. Prince of Persia did it first. True. Prince of Persia did it first. Not quite. I mean, video games from yeah. the word go have been doing it. <laughs> you know, they just don't call attention to it. I was a little nervous for Fall Guys going into this because Keeley was making oh, such man. a big deal. It was very hyped. Dude. And I love Keeley to death. <laughs> but I was afraid he was, I was like, well, you don't want to blow this up too much, dude. It's exciting that you got it. It was a Fast and Furious situation. Like, it's exciting that yeah. Vin Diesel is on stage right now. I got it. This game is not exciting. (laughs) So, like, yes, you know, Fall Guys being on a stage like that, I'm sure the team is freaking out. Fall Guys now at the point where they can show us what is in the next season of Fall Guys, which I actually do not know, you know, when that will finally drop. That is also exciting. The content of this. 40 or 50 something days, I think, is 40 something days left in season one. Yeah, I think. All right. That seems seems like a good time to get a tease. Mm -hmm. We might get some more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Coming in October. Boom. Nice. 
Uh, oh, but yeah. I mean, just you know, you're, you're wedged between Doom Eternal and World of Warcraft, and you're coming out like, "Hey, you could be a Viking or a mage." Thanks for inviting us, Jeff. They're <laughs> not intimidated. <laughs> no, yeah, they don't care. They're they're the big boys on the mm-hmm. block now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean those yeah. stages though, like the new levels and, and like and modes. Pushing the blocks to get Dude, out the the, the, the yeah. Yeah. yeah the team it looks ones like a good mode. The team games Sabotage. are getting so divisive and and you know people people are i see a lot of hate on the team games but some of these new ones looked awesome like was the pushing the blocks a free-for-all though so it's like you have to work looked, yeah yeah it's like you're like oh helping people while right which hurts you as yeah you well the, what, the big one is the rings so like there's the, the rings. rings that you have to move these objects to go get yeah. but if there's two mm. dudes on one team moving it and then some guy's just yeah. waiting and there's like thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you gotta have another team member there or you gotta have or somebody that's like Vultures, ready to grab dude. and stop somebody from going up. And... What if it becomes like a stalemate? No one wants to move any ramps, and they're all just like, "Who's gonna do it?" Yeah. So you Crazy. have you have games like Rainbow Six and Sea of Thieves, stuff that does not have a big launch, stuff that is missing things, you know, like stuff that like Anthem wishes it was one of these, and then we have just this wonderful resurgence. And whether those are the numbers that the you know developers, publishers, companies behind them anticipated, they are still alive. They are still doing well. I can't help but think Fall Guys is the opposite. It ju- it's this bright shining star that just one day is, is going to burn out because people are moving on. Do we think this is a good content schedule? Do we think this team so far with their marketing and, and just the performance of the game, do you think this, this has staying power? Yeah, I think they jumped on really quick with the social media stuff. I feel some of these newer games that come in, they don't know that they're going to, they don't have an I, a accurate idea of how big they're going to be. Sometimes it's not possible. There are a lot that come in with a plan expecting to be big, but you don't always have control over that. You really don't have any control whether or not your thing's going to be big or not. So when you see it exploding like that with viewers and people talking about social media, they jumped on really quick and capitalized and had really good engagement from what I could mm-hmm. see with their community. And coming out with like a season two plan this soon. I, I think they're making all the right moves here to keep it sustained because this I could have seen this if they waited too long for this like they waited maybe another month like four to six weeks they could have risked this dying off so them jumping in faster they did the right thing absolutely and Brandon, there are 183,000 people watching this game right now right now right now I'm talking about I'm talking about the new consoles launching I'm talking about you know cyberpunk coming out just something you know there's a big thing big big things happening you know everything out, falls so. everything falls call of duty well, just, well yeah, I mean know, get out of the way right behind it are League of Legends Grand Theft Auto 5 and Fortnite so I don't know about everything couple, falls a <laughs> couple games are immortal Jones you know will Fall Guys be immortal that is the question yeah. I think uh, theming the season is essential it's a it's an excellent call huber yeah the same game but it feels brand new you know it has the medieval vibe just kind of wrapped all around it uh those are skins people are going to want to get like everyone loves their fantasy skins uh and then of course it's going to come down to you know how many new games can they pump out and can they all be great quality so I think they're off to a really good start. If they keep doing this, this game is going to be around for a long time. Most long time downloaded PlayStation Plus mm-hmm. game of all time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dang. So. Out of the free ones? or Play- First PlayStation all? Plus, yeah. The ones you yeah, specifically yeah, yeah. got through oh, that yeah, service. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh, sorry. I, I, was, I thought you were stopping me, Blood. You were telling me how many. You were trying to prove me wrong by telling me how many people <laughs> are currently playing that on Twitch. 
Um, and I, and I just mean, how I, I want how this to work out just because social media has done such a fun job, it's such a fun team, it's such a fun game, and you know, I want it to do well. Yeah, like like Damiani was saying, just their social media, like it seems like they can partner with anyone at this point, and mm-hmm. that's always so huge. You know, Fortnite dies off, and then they throw a Marvel event like they're doing now, and everyone's like, ah, mm-hmm. so I think. Fall Guys, same thing. It's like, hey, we're doing a cyberpunk thing. We're doing a whatever, whatever tie-in. Still isn't on Xbox yet. Oh, oh yeah. That's huge. You know, yeah. If it's, you know, I'm not sure if it's possible to make a Switch version of this, but it's not on Switch yet either. Mm. You know, like if it hits either of those platforms. It's oh my be God! Can you imagine the Nintendo resurgence. skins? I, I mean, I could see Yoshi them doing suit? like a Simpsons crossover very easily like a little bunch of little homers falling over like it's a no-brainer oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah the fan skins are completely out of control shrek was the last one i saw before we oh live yeah here. Shrek, <laughs> just twitter threw that out at me and thank you for that um i thought teardown uh, had, a, had a nice showing considering that was something that uh, was, fun, had been dude. announced on mm. social media before i actually was there just happened to be there on twitter you know that site goes at a million miles an hour but i just saw when that developer was like hey here's this fun little game i'm working on and um you know i'm intriguing uh, enough Jones, I'm big on heists. I didn't really see a heist. They heist is that, a weird word. They threw that pick, word out yeah. there, and yeah, I was yeah, like, no, nah, it's, it's a, it's like a power, <laughs> it's like a power switch connection run. It's not a game heist. looked. There was a connoisseur of heists. I am indeed. Yeah. That game looked amazing, but I don't know if we're really pulling heists here. <laughs> uh, You're pulling jobs. Uh, it was yeah. a job of some yeah, kind. Yeah, yeah. We already talked there about uh, Crash Bandicoot Four. But uh, I thought that um, looks awesome. same same general vibes. I think uh, when you do humor like that, you can be hit or miss, and you can be a little divisive. Uh, but uh, I think Crash has done a good job bringing back a you know. Remember this commercial, you know, advertising campaign from twenty years ago. Like, but uh, it's working. Uh, and low lights, without a doubt, were Team Fordzilla, which I'm still trying to figure out what the hell that yeah, was. What? Uh, even though it was lore-wise fun, you know, watching a seven-minute, that was, at the end of the day, seven-minute wow, World of Warcraft short film for the Bastion that series. That thing was seven minutes? I think so. Somebody said the, the video they put up later was seven minutes. I don't know if it was seven minutes during the actual I thing. think I went and blew like my seven. nose or something halfway through it. Oh, I can look at the timestamps. Uh, Godfall. Did, no, wait, before Godfall's we move on to Godfall, Godfall, Huber, we, We're not know... moving on to golf. <laughs> oh, but Huber, did you like that World of Warcraft? You like World of Warcraft. Was that horrible? I liked um, it. I yeah, knew all the stuff you know, I don't care what you think, Jones. <laughs> um, I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't think that's the time to to pull a short film out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that is a long time. Like, let people watch that on their own. Let them do that. The concept of dealing with what happens when you die in the Warcraft universe, I think is really awesome. A lot of people have died in the last couple decades and like exploring life and death is really a cool way to go. But I just, I don't think that was the the time to pull that out. So. Yeah. It's Jones, weird I was just to me kidding. Because... I care what you think. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, what was the timestamp, Blood? Did you check it? Yeah, yeah, I checked it. It was, it was, it was definitely around seven minutes Oof. in there. Lich King, Jones. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I forget about it. For me, though, it, it was interesting because, like, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, this is not the place for this. But on the other hand, like, by the end, I was actually getting in, into it. Like, I was actually starting to, like, see the, like, you know, the the, the players and, and the movements and all of that. And like, okay, this is, this is kind of interesting, even though it shouldn't be here. <laughs> 
Uh, and WWE 2K Battlegrounds gave me that really uncomfortable oh. fake host dialogue yeah. guy not watching gameplay but reading a script like he is, which, you know. And, like, there, the other guy wasn't there and yeah. never talked, but he kept referring yeah. to yeah. him. And well, it's it like so you said, bizarre. Damiani, when we were I live, wish Morrow was actually there. Morrow when we were cool. live, it was like it reminded you of the old days. You know, it was a little taste of what things have, you know, what things were like. You know, before the world changed this year, and I felt the same way when I watched WWE 2K Battlegrounds. I was like, "Oh, that's the stuff. That's what I need." <laughs> and then paying somebody to be on yeah. set for thirty minutes, yeah. we're reading a so script much. they don't understand. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that's the good stuff. The, I wonder the what the character paycheck models was. in that game are wrecked. Yeah, they look disgusting. Like, is it a me. mobile game? It looks like mobile. Is it oh, like backyard on console? Wrestling? It looks like backyard Every, wrestling or whatever. And and this are. is coming off of 2K20, which is just an absolute abomination. Yeah. Just well, it just has to be yes. a different developer. Sure. Yeah, they took it over. So trying to shake it up. Like you I know. feel bad. This one looks fun. Like it looks like a fun wrestling game, but it's just so hideous to gaze yeah. upon. <laughs> I. I, I don't know, Huber, I don't I don't know if this makes sense to you, but I feel like these character models, they've just got, because of the pandemic, it's like all the wrestlers have just had way too many donuts. <laughs> I mean, like the yeah, they, they were like, they were like, well, their heads are too they big. They were like weirdly, uh, weirdly shaped and stuff. Well, but, they were like yeah. going for like a style choice, but yeah. it just didn't pay off. It's a weird style. Donut for style. sure. Not into it. The Godfall thing was so weird. And we now, wait, Jones. What, what about the? What? Oh, come on, Jones. I'm trying to make us some money here, bro. Wait, what about that horror game, dude? What about the horror? horror the really cool looking uh, horror one. games, dude. Quantum that, Error. Yeah, yeah, dude. Just quick shout out to that. I, we, I see, really, we saw a teaser of that in June. Yeah, yeah, but it looked awesome, dude. It reminds me of Riddick. It did. The lighting mm. was cool. Riddick. Yeah. Uh, the character models Riddick, were. Yeah. Little, it was a little, like, okay, certainly okay. current gen. I don't know. Vis visually, okay. it, uh, um, it was a little. I would say stale. It's just it, it didn't. Pretty, uh, okay. it, it, yeah, I don't know. Pretty soon oh. we're gonna have to put a moratorium oh, oh. on the words. The words quantum, Elden, <laughs> eldest, souls, ring, loop out game titles. Chronicles, please. Chronicle, yeah, like too many, too many games. Like, oh yeah, I want to also be a Dark Souls game. It's like, so my name is called Eldest, whatever. It's oh. just like get the hell out of here, man. Quantum, quantum souls. Quantum souls. <laughs> Oldest quantum ring. All right, I'm sorry, Jones. Can't, All right, Jones, we'll, we'll be quiet. We'll be I'm good. sorry, I'm sorry. Can I talk about sponsors? For people that are getting this podcast early, I'm just going to jump right to the next story. I don't care. But for you, now's the time for a word from our sponsors. Rooster Teeth is joining forces with Samsung and AT&T 5G to kick things off for their upcoming RTX at home virtual event. They are creating a Ruby outdoor mural that you can add art to from home using the Mark Augmented Reality app. Just download the Mark app and start creating your own Ruby art starting on September 5th through September 7th. Each night fans designs will be projected on the mural wall and you could see yours come to life. If you're on the AT&T 5G network at home, you can access plus mode through the Mark app so you'll now get the high res video and crystal clear images to explore. Check out the new Samsung Galaxy Note 20 Ultra 5G powered by AT&T 5G. AT&T 5G requires a compatible plan and coverage is not in all areas. Here are just some of the new features you can try out on the Note 20. Cloud gaming will be available with the power of 5G. It has a 120 hertz adaptive display that automatically adjusts the refresh rate according to the content you're viewing and an intelligent battery that optimizes for your gameplay. With an advanced processor, you get a smooth gaming experience 
with virtually no lag. Check out the S Pen and Samsung Notes to help create your own works of art. Head over to att.com slash Galaxy Note 20 Ultra 5G to learn how you can get the Samsung Galaxy Note 25G for free or the Galaxy Note 25G Ultra for $299.99 for a limited time. And we were recently given a Pro X wireless headset that Ian is currently using. I've been <gasps> using it no See, this is the thing. I gotta, I gotta use skin cleansers, man. You just get to put the yeah. headphones on and boom, you're done. <laughs> well, oh, nice. Good news, Jones. They sent another one. <gasps> it's oh. my birthday! <laughs> so I can drop Crocs. it off at the studio. <laughs> if you could just, if you could just clean it with the damp cloth first, that would be great. We have alcohol wipes here, even but I didn't better. open this one. Even better. This one's unopened. Nice. Yeah, but you've been touching it. Like you're touching it right now. Germs. Uh. <laughs> what do you think, Ian? I like it. They yep. sound good. It's got that, uh, what is it called? Light speed? Uh, light Bluetooth? Speed. Quantum speed? I want to make sure I get it right. Oh, uh, yeah. Light speed wireless technology. Light speed wireless tech. That's right. I figured yeah. you have a, an ad read right in front of you. From memory. It's got the, it has like a dongle. I can't put it out to show you and I wouldn't be able to hear you anymore, but uh, you put it in a USB dongle and it's faster than regular Bluetooth. It's got no delay. Oh. So, because I, I was concerned about that as having like a delay, you know, but I tested it. I even took it into Premiere and did like a clap sync test and it was fine. Um, so yeah, it sounds really good. Uh, there's a mic as well that I have disconnected right now. I'm using my podcast mic because it's a podcast mic, but for playing games and stuff, the mic is fine. So yeah, it's, uh, they're cool. And it's got a mute button, which is nice and a volume knob. They're good. The range is really good. Like I can go anywhere in my apartment and still hear you fools. Dude, oh, that's, oh, cool. that's awesome. Very cool. They're pretty chill. And I, they came with extra uh, ear cups. So these are the ones that were originally on it. They were like the, you know, the whatever soft, like, I don't know what they are, but then I switched them out for these cloth ones. Cause they're a little cooler cause it's hot in here all the time. So it doesn't block as much noise, but it lets in more air. So it's my ears don't sweat as much. <laughs> here I am using wired headphones like a sucker. Yeah. Wire free. I feel like I could, I could float away. <laughs> Based on the award-winning pro gaming headset de design, the Pro X wireless headset features high-quality materials, advanced communications, precision audio, and total wireless freedom. It has light-speed wireless technology, as we have mentioned, and up to 20-plus hours of battery life. There's a detachable pro-grade microphone featuring real-time blue voice technology, including passive noise isolation, a compressor, limiter, and more for clean, professional voice comms. Advanced Pro-G 50mm drivers deliver clear and precise sound imaging with improved bass response. Hear footsteps and environmental cues with clarity to give you the competitive edge with supreme comfort and durability. The Pro X has a pro-grade, sleek, and minimal design that's built to last with premium aluminum and a steel reinforced headband. Its ultra-comfortable ultra memory foam ear pads and headband are wrapped in plush leatherette and provide passive that's noise isolation. Leatherette, leatherette. Fun to say. Extra velour ear pads fun. are also included for a softer feel. For a limited time, Logitech velour. G is offering our listeners 10% off select products at logitechg.com. Logitech, you gotta put that G in there.com. Use code EASYA for 10% off today. That's 10% off select Logitech G products with promo code EASYA. And that is the word easy E A S Y A, not the E in the letter Z. E A S Y A at logitechg.com. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. 
Hubert's time to talk about Batman. <sighs> Actually, maybe <laughs> not. Maybe not. Yeah, dude. Maybe uh, not. He did. This, yeah. we, we finally. The, our, He's our, dead. Your, your, your painful journey has, has finally come to an end. Uh, we finally know about the next thing that WB Montreal and uh, Rocksteady Studios. And we found out in the same day. Could you have guessed? Did you think one was maybe going to come sooner or later? I figured one would come out sooner. Uh, and well, yeah, then, then, yeah. Getting... And I, and I guess, yeah. yeah, I figured we'd see one first and then the other. WB is developing Gotham Knights, a two-player co-op, although there will be four-player brawler experiences, uh, according Wait, to IGN, really? according to an interview <laughs> they did with IGN. But um, the core gameplay, open-world Gotham game featuring uh, all four of Batman's sidekicks, Batgirl, Red Hood, uh, Robin, and Nightwing. And Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Uh, we're not getting until 2022. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would like to start with Suicide Squad because what the hell are we going to talk about? There's not a lot... <laughs> Um, I had to look up King Metropolis. Shark. Metropolis. Certainly Metropolis is a big deal. Hmm. Uh, it's fun yeah. to have that dev team working on a new city. Uh, and Daylight. Daylight. It's and big deal. continuing the Arkham story. Yes. <laughs> Very weird that this is the one continuing the Arkham story and not Gotham Knights. Because mm-hmm. when I was watching Gotham Knights, I was like, oh, cool. It's the Batman story. And then yeah. I found out later. I'm like, oh, no. Okay. Other one. I mean, Which is it's... weird because the feel is pretty different. Mm-hmm. But. I think it makes sense because it's the same studio. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's their baby, you know, even But Arkham Origins was canon. That was part well, of Well, but Rocksteady always referred to their games as the Arkham Trilogy, which I always I thought know. was a fun snub to Montreal. <laughs> and, and so they and, finally just kicked him out. You get out of our Gotham universe, you know? And Origins never got that remaster that everyone's always wanted. True. <laughs> it was, like, such, so Wait. snubbed. New voice actors, everything, you know, so... And, so. There, and there was Blackgate as well, the... Vita one, but true. Oh yeah, we don't, we don't talk making, about that one. Who's making Gotham Knights then? Uh, WB remember. Montreal, the same team that made oh, Origins. Okay. Oh okay, so the combat will be the same as the other Batman. It games, is similar. Probably. They said that they uh, that they have dressed it up a little bit, and obviously they're changing it because they want each of these characters to feel you know different from each other, and are claiming that you different. can change up enough stuff they say that you can't have two of the same characters you can have to be two back rolls but like they're like oh you know the back rolls would be so different kind of same thing they're saying with avengers which we will see hmm. how different yeah, with customizable abilities and stuff they could certainly yeah. look different but i don't know you know how different you will you know discern maybe you can feel that difference but if you are the other player i don't know if you will necessarily notice that thing those things but um uh yeah four players in the suicide squad four characters do we think they're going to add more suicide I think squad so. i just think bigger than four <laughs> The idea of killing these characters off as you progress. Meaning the Justice League. No. The Suicide Squad, Jones. Yes. That your characters that you're playing in this game die and get swapped out with new ones. Yes. Because it is not a games as a service. You, You have no... You're not entitled to, like, this is the character I'm leveling and I'm going to keep it forever. Like, no, dude, this, you're going against the Justice League. What better way to raise the stakes than some crazy Captain Boomerang blowing himself up to smithereens or Superman snapping someone's neck? Rips King Shark's jaws out of his head. Yeah, dude, I could totally see it. I'll, I'll shoot you down. I'll, I'll take the uh, other perspective. Yeah. I'll take the opposite uh. opinion for 500, Alex. Uh, <laughs> okay. How about you don't kill any of them because they're being mind manipulated by Brainiac. 
And right. so you, there's like a chip in their head and you just got it. They're going to headshot Superman and it's going to destroy the chip and he's going to survive it. And Oh, thank you, Suicide Squad. <laughs> um, but uh, they will be multiplayer. So and multiplayer was really like the big take of the day, Huber. And a lot of people are not happy about that. You know, a lot of people are, are, are surprised. Interesting yeah. that, you know, Gotham Knights was, was pushing that Court of Owls narrative for so long in their advertising. And then we get to the game and like, Court of Owls kind of took a back seat. You know, it was really just like a tease at the end of the trailer. They didn't really talk mm-hmm. about that. You know, first and foremost, Batman's dead. You are these four characters, co-op, their own Gotham. You know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about these games that really had nothing to do specifically with that comic, which yeah. was like your background when we watched this yeah. reaction. Yeah. So. I, think, I think multiplayer and numbers above enemies is a red flag to people right now. So I can see why that backlash hit. You know, everyone was like, oh, is this Games as a Service? Is this Avengers? And Gotham yeah. Knights very quickly said, no, this is open world co-op game, beginning, middle, and end. You go through, it's over. So obviously it's meant to kind of, you know, establish more to come, you know, if they'll do DLCs and and that stuff. But it, but it is, you know, an open world in the sense of like an Assassin's Creed or something. So have See, they said yeah. why it's two player and not four? Because it seems like it so naturally would be four. Yes. Uh, I actually read a, a really good back and forth interview uh, from IGN that actually I'm going <laughs> to quote a little bit. But they said like that just like that felt a little bit more to us the way that when we read old comics and like, you know, Batman would bump into Nightwing and be like, oh, hey, let's go do this thing together. They're like, that just seemed to us. Yeah, yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's them saying, you know, technically that's why they're justifying it or if that actually was thematically what they wanted to do with the game. But yeah. Um, Four player just seems a lot more chaotic. Like you can, you could probably barely, you can't follow a story. Four players, it's so much harder sure. to like uh, really get in the zone. Yeah. And but that's the thing with Suicide Squad, though, is I mean, they're still emphasizing yeah. character driven, story based gameplay. You know, that's why I don't totally. think that we'll see this huge universe of playable characters because they're introducing you to these characters for a reason. Like these are the yeah. ones they want you to be invested in. Still have a story conceit yeah. to separate those four out from the other Suicide Squad members or something. Yeah, I'm Hubert, sure. they'll bring in other members of Suicide Squad you just probably can't play, and they'll hmm. be the expendable ones. Yeah, but I mean, hmm. you have, there absolutely has to be people that die in that. Absolutely. Yeah, but or Hubert, just feel wrong. Yeah, Hubert, if you want a game where you have an ensemble cast where each playable character can die, and then you're they're dead for the whole game, check out a game called Obscure. Sophia and I played it on a stream. I want to go back and finish it. You would love this game. Your your students at a high school dealing with like this crazy horror situation. High school dramas. And if one of the students dies, they're dead. Dude. And you have like a team of five of them or something. It's crazy. The the stakes are awesome. It's a fun game. Awesome. I've never even heard that, Ian. Awesome. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say Mass Effect Two. (laughs) 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 Also that. Uh, senior producer uh, Fleur Marty, who is one of the two on this IGN interview, said, this is very much not designed as games as a service. This yes. is Gotham Knights, of course. There is an ability tree, which is different for each of the characters, and there's gear that you can craft, and so choice... Uh, and so choices that you are going to be making, but that does not mean that this is games as a service. I love some games are games as a service, but I love games like this, or like, it's a bad word. <laughs> you gotta get yeah. out there and tell people if that is not what you're making. Um, when they talk about crafting gear, I want that to be something that happens like three times. Like, I want you to really have to choose, you know, what you're going to invest in and, and have a good reason for doing so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the only thing that concerns me is kind of the RPG stuff. 
Like that is, I, I love that for games. Like I'm not against it, um, but I really love Arkham's combat. Um, you know, the free flow combat. And when you start bringing numbers into it and health bars, it feels more attack mash based rather than tactical blade dodge takedown here, flip over this guy here, break this gun here, you know, that chess piece rhythm style of free flow. Uh, the combat that they showed, you know, Batgirl was only taking on a couple enemies at once, but, you know, just draining that health bar looked a lot more offensive. So, you know, it was hard to, it's hard to see the nuance there. Will the game but compensate the game is still... for co-op? You know, is it hard? Is it easier because mm-hmm. Robin was there? Or would true. that be harder? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good news, though, Huber. Creative director Patrick Redding's got your back. It's true that as you are getting more powerful in your progression, you're going to see a sliding scale in terms of not just the level of the enemies, but even some of the types of enemies that you're going to be coming up against. But it's not a grind. It's not a situation where you'll say, oh, God, I got to grind this type of mission in order to level up to this, and then I can get this. It's really that when you encounter open world crime activities and other activities that involve the AI, you're going to see a range. You might see guys that are a little bit weaker than you guys that are a little bit stronger than you and how you approach each of those situations it presents you with some choices that you're going to have to make like is this situation where i'm going to maybe swap out a piece of equipment because i think i'm going to uh handle it better that way or do i want to take a more stealthy approach all those are options that are available to the player and the level of your enemy is just one factor in deciding that nice sounds smart yeah um maybe not necessarily what uh that game needs, you know, having, uh, you know, played Arkham, but it is interesting. I think that my main takeaway that I actually do enjoy is that it is their own Gotham that they, you know, because uh, part of me is like, oh, it'd be really fun, you know, on, you know, eventually next gen consoles, you know, to to go back to this Arkham and, and you know, to see what is up and, you know, the, the Arkham City that I knew, you know, from the past gen. But it's also kind of fun to, you know, just you know, give me more Gotham cities every year. Mm-hmm. I just want new cities, mm-hmm. new, you know, and I love uh, Arkham Origins. I really, uh, yeah. I thought that game was special. And so I'm excited to see this team get their own thing. And I liked the, because in the, in the trailer, Bruce Wayne says, like, he's leaving them some other kind of, like, adjunct bat cave. It's, like, out of date. The Belfry. Or whatever, Belfry, right? Belfry yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And which is a really cool conceit because it's, like, you're not getting the A machines, you know? And and sort of like what Blood was saying is you can maybe choose how to upgrade stuff. I wonder if that'll factor in where it's like you only have enough resources to go with, like, Batarangs or, like, this other tech, and it's like that's your choice. Yeah, these guys the aren't game. super rich, right? Any yeah, of these guys no, super they're rich? like, I don't but think But if so. Bruce left them the resources, that's probably money too, right? Well, but, like, why didn't he leave them the Batcave? Because he burned yeah, he it. He left them the side think, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe he had to. I don't know. Yeah, maybe the maybe the court of owls got in there. Maybe he maybe took out a bunch of court of owls members by doing that. Well, and that's the thing is like Bruce Wayne's probably not dead, right? The court well, of owls no. are just like the devs did double down, it. and they. I mean, I get you wink, mm. wink, but they they did say because like you know some reporters were like, okay, he's not really dead. They were like, read my lips, Batman's dead. I was like, oh. Okay, but they also Bruce said, Wayne's still alive. But they, <laughs> but they also said um, that they there's room for growth. You know, because people are like, "Are you doing sequels to this, or is this just a weird flashback?" Like, yeah, we'd love to. You know, so well, the Court of Owls is so cool. They're they're yeah. weird, freaky. Hubert, Tim Beshin from Patreon's pissed. Why are there no Batman in the new Batman games? I'm really bummed that WB <laughs> Montreal and Rock City's games that are two and four player co op without Batman. Where's my Arkham continuation? Your thoughts. Do we I mean, need Batman? Said, is that it's, it seems like an intentional bummer, you know? Uh, we've had like, like you like you hit me with uh, Wolverine the other day, Jones. You know, <laughs> yeah, we've course. had 
We've had so yeah. much Batman, an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. If you love this character, like you should be so satisfied, so full on excellent top quality games. So the fact that we're getting two other games related, you know, obviously Suicide Squad is a direct continuation of Arkham Knight and then Gotham Knights is its own thing. It's still in the Batman universe. So like, there's just so much. Like I, I understand wanting to play as Batman, but like we've had a lot. We've had a well, lot. Batman could show up. And Batman could show Suicide up in Suicide Squad. Exactly. Batman For sure. Will he will show up yeah. in one of and these you'll games? Kill him. Right. And you'll kill him, or you'll play as him, like right. for sure, one hundred percent. Or so, when we were reacting to it, somebody said maybe you work with him. You know, maybe he yeah. maybe he dodged whatever uneasy you alliance. Know, you know, hacking job was done on on the Justice League, and or maybe dude, Harley or um, Harley and well, Batman like, having sure. to team up. Like, yeah. give me it that. Definitely, definitely like been done before, and it's always jolly. It. Yeah, yeah. Harley just like. like uh, Exactly, dude. Harley being <laughs> out of control. It's going to be awesome. And, you know, not to... I recommend everyone to go out and check out Arkham Knight. A lot of people probably will before Suicide you know, Squad comes out. Uh, some interesting additions to Batman's uh, arsenal in that game, just lore-wise. You know, you, you, you know he, uh, he, he wraps that up uh, in an interesting state. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if Suicide Squad mm-hmm. may be a continuation of that. And I just, I, you know, drop in my prediction now that we're going to get some big Justice League trailer where you finally see, you know, Green Lantern and Flash and Wonder Woman, you know mm-hmm. Batman's at the end of that sucker. Like, they're gonna, they're gonna finally knock them all out and be like, oh, we did it. And then, nope. Dude, Aquaman versus King Shark. Let's go, man. Ooh. Let's go. All right. Um, <laughs> sadly, though, Huber, I do want to touch on another thing that we did talk about last week. There have been developments, and I feel that it is only fair that we are excited about Rocksteady mm. Studios. Uh, working in the next two years. If they've been starting since Arkham Knight ended, that'll be seven-year development on this game. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, unfortunately, well, there's... As, there's sorry. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's... I, I think there's definitely been talk that there have been other projects, potentially, that have been canceled in this time. Ah. So it may not be that they've been working on Suicide Squad all this time, that they've you know started up a few things and, you know, got shut down or didn't get a green light or whatever and... Now this is where we're at. I'm curious to find out what has happened in this interim. I wonder if they're ever going to be in a position yet to be honest about that stuff. Or um, if, uh, say, someone was to leave the company and let us know things that are going on at Rocksteady Studios that maybe the company isn't willing to talk about. Much like Kim McCaskill, the former senior scriptwriter, uh, who uh, wrote a letter in November of 2018 that was signed by 10 of the 16 women at the company. Um, that, according to The Guardian, raised complaints about behavior, including slurs regarding the transgendered community and discussing a woman in a derogatory or sexual manner with other colleagues and sexual harassment in the form of unwanted advances leering at parts of a woman's body and inappropriate comments in the office. Um, We did talk about this last week. I do want to clarify stuff like this, and I just feel it's right to talk about this, uh, you know, while we are talking about Rocksteady. Uh, she just recently posted a 13-minute video on on uh, YouTube, if you want to go check that out, where she talked about... Oh. And she is a senior scriptwriter. Um, and so uh, two things potentially put this in the... You know, obviously we want to wait until, you know, all this information is out. And obviously we would love to hear, you know, have Rocksteady take this seriously um, and to hear more from the team about that, that they are making steps to improve this. But two things that stand out to me. One, she's the former senior scriptwriter left Rocksteady, uh, Rocksteady says because she left voluntarily. She says, definitely not. I was asked by HR multiple times not to publish this letter. I did it anyways, you know, for the sake of my colleagues. And 
I don't know what kind of picture you have in your head of how big Rocksteady is, but 16 women at Rocksteady is not an impressive number. Yeah. Now, no. granted, that, that was two years ago, but... That stood out to me immediately. I was like, yeah. oh, 16 <laughs> women at the whole company? What the fuck? So few. Um, and so... And you got to, you know, if you were to wonder, like, what if, you know, only 10 of the 16 women signed that? Well, you know, there, these women were very nervous to talk about this stuff. And she mentions that uh, the Ubisoft scandal um, mm-hmm. that uh, I think that company is still reeling from uh, was another reason that she finally published this letter. So this letter was written two years ago, but we only found out about it uh, now. Um, and well, she didn't publish it until now. No. Yeah. So it was, it, it oh, was wow. given given yeah, yeah. to the executives at Rocksteady in 2018. Um, but then finally spoke about it now because apparently uh, multiple signatories have left the company due, owing to a lack of action. Um, the response amounted to one hour, a one hour long training seminar. And then that was it. Um, and apparently since this letter came out in 2020, Rocksteady had an all hands meeting on the 13th to discuss the letter for the with the entire company for the very first time. So this is a company that le- needs lots of poking and prodding to eventually eventually officially deal with this issue and Mm -hmm. while again you know a lot of the specific ins and outs of these occurrences um are not known to us uh and you know we can only do a lot of speculation on a lot of this stuff a lot of these people left the company (laughs) this is a situation an environment that they did not want to be around anymore and recently when she posted this uh video she said take me out of the credits because i think that was one concern that they were like i'm not gonna beat the company anymore but i worked really hard on suicide squad i would love it if my work is referenced in this game uh, Kim had such a bad time at Rocksteady. She said, I don't want anything to do with this company. I don't have anything to do with this game. Get me out of here. Um, so you have Rocksteady that's like, yeah, we dealt with this. And then now they're like, well, we'll deal with this again and we'll bring people in and we'll have a meeting with the entire company. And then you have Ubisoft who is firing people right and left. Um, I don't know if all of us have the answers, but what, what could be the difference here? What's the difference between Rocksteady and Ubisoft that this is a situation that Ubisoft seems to be taking much more seriously than Rocksteady is? One of the one of the quotes from the Guardian was and from the, and yeah, kudos to the Guardian who's been covering all of this stuff. From the signatory was like, uh, quote, I'd say ninety seven to ninety eight percent of the developers there are incredible people, and it's so unfair that this will land on them because a few people weren't managed properly. So I think Ubisoft seemed just from the outside like it was way more people. Uh, and maybe maybe Rock City is like just a few higher ups, and because the higher ups are in control, they're not going to fire themselves, maybe. But either yeah. either way, it's just so disheartening to hear all these companies having abusive practices in some form or another, uh, and it just sucks. It just makes me bummed. But then you have all of this stuff happening on Ubisoft at Ubisoft, which is them emboldening these women you know at this other company to 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 take a step forward and to to feel that yes perhaps we are in a culture of change um yeah i mean i think what's also really difficult with this situation is that like rock study has also like multiple times put out their own statements you know and they're they're similarly saying that like you know we we have tried to do things and like okay well now we're we're gonna get you know independent third party to come in and and surveyed the company and things like that and so i think it, it really makes it really difficult to sort out where the severity is and what has actually been done and then they're in, in the middle of it there's that weird thing where like they published this thing that they said was written by 
women that signed the original letter and it, but it's like well but this isn't coming from the women this mm-hmm. is coming from you mm-hmm. so it's like Very did you strange. edit this did you take the best parts that you thought would sound good you know and are um, those women NDA'd can they like not say anything right yeah uh, so it's it's hard because it's like this is why I try to like just talk in terms of like you know the aspirational of like what should be done in a situation because when you start getting these nitty-gritties it's so hard to know what is actually going on without having a perspective of being at the company of course i just looked it up the best thing i can hope for is that people if they are in a situation like this have the have the strength and the courage you know and someone backing them if it just happens to be other people at other companies to to take a, a dangerous or risky step forward and and say something Sorry, Ian. Rocks, Rocksteady Studios, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of 2020, has 239 employees. So only two years ago, only 16 women out of that. Crazy. Not great. Right. Also, in my, because uh, I was wondering, like, how, if Ubisoft and Rocksteady are publicly traded, and then I remembered Rocksteady's owned by WB, so, like, whatever. But Ubisoft, uh, I didn't realize that the Guimont family has a... 18.5% ownership oh, yeah, yeah. stake mm. in that company. They they own that. That's pretty wild. But yeah, like 16 out of 239, what is that? What percent? Let's see. We'll uh, find out in correction. So I've also wondered if there's a, a difference between publisher and developers in this case, because with developers, this really is just this one project. And I wonder if the higher ups at Rocksteady are like, we'll weather this. You know, they're like, we're not going to we're not releasing this game for another two years. You know, this is going to this is going to die down where someone like Ubisoft, it's like we have so many projects in development. You know, this could potentially affect all of that stuff. So there's we can't we can't wait on this. This is something we need to. Yeah, Deal Rocksteady also claims that they're going to reach out to everybody that's left in the past two years to ask them, you know, their thoughts as well. So, so that's the thing. It's like their most recent statement from Rocksteady sounds positive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just this question of is it actually being met with the action steps behind the scenes? Yeah, I will hope. But for certain, every time I think about Suicide Squad, I am going to think about this story. And the fact that this happened, this letter was written two years ago and Suicide Squad is coming out in two years. 2022 might be an excellent time to check back in with Rocksteady. Be like, hey, like, anybody writing any letters right now? What the hell's going on? Like, what do we do? It like, it feels gross, you know? It feels tainted to like even be excited then for a Ubisoft game or yep. for Suicide Squad knowing that like grimy shit was going down behind the scenes. You think about that 98% Huber. You think about that the majority of the company that is doing exciting work that is really proud, which is why it's so heartbreaking for her to, you know, remove her name from these credits. Um, But, uh, but yeah, with me with Ubisoft, you know, because I've worked with certain people at Ubisoft for 10 ish years or so, you know, like I know a lot of people that are, you know, probably in the position of being victims of these things, Mm -hmm. you know, and they've, stuck with the company you know so it's like it's you know it does present this strange dilemma of like treating a company like it's a single entity when it's it's right. not it's thousands and thousands of people and a culture and and trying to you know getting all of that to align and be in a better place is like a, a crazy situation well, but like the proof is in the pudding yeah because like like jones said by drawing that comparison like Ubisoft is firing a bunch of people. Yeah. If Rocksteady doesn't, and if and if what I can't remember the numbers that you said, but like, 
if if it's only nine if ninety percent of the people working at Rocksteady are chill and then ten percent are bad bad boys, then like why aren't they firing them? Yeah. Like fire exactly. them. Do exactly. it. Do the thing. And then if they don't, Huber, yeah. is it our responsibility to not buy that game? Like, is it then on us because they're not gonna take any action? Whereas like Ubisoft is like taking the steps as far as it seems from our yeah. perspective. So like right. you can feel good about buying you know, Watch Dogs Legion or whatever, because it's like they're they're doing it. But if Rocksteady doesn't do it, then it has to come to us. Yeah, you know? Rocksteady statement does include that you know they disciplined and terminated people. So it's oh, okay. oh they did. Yeah, but terminate again, is... is the important word. Like yeah. discipline, I'm like, Psh, yeah, bite it. Like you you slapping somebody's wrist is meaningless. Got it. Uh, we will see. Yeah, if it makes a difference. Um, I just. Uh, Wanted to, wanted to include both of those stories at the same time. Uh, time will tell. Also, this week, uh, wanted to go into details. We are running near the end of the podcast, but uh, we had, surprise, a Nintendo Direct Mini with the August partner. Surprise, Damiani. Which you, did you actually manage to catch that live, Damiani, or did you do that like just after the fact, those reactions? Um, no, I, I was close. I don't know. I woke up. I saw a tweet. Thankfully, it was a retweet of Nintendo's tweet. Otherwise, I would probably would have seen all the announcements scrolling down my Twitter feed because I had no idea. Uh, when it, I don't know what happened. 6 a.m., 7 a.m., I got up at like 9 a.m. and just saw, oh, well, I guess I'll just watch this. So, again, they shadow dropped it. I think they shadow dropped it because and the whole discussion about managing expectations, I think Nintendo... That was my question. <laughs> they were basically like, you know what? We've tried saying stuff about this. And, and you know what? Maybe some of these is better just to drop them. Say nothing, yeah. put it out there, okay, and pe- people will start to understand that maybe a surprise can happen. Stop expecting a surprise. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I'll be honest, there were, it, it was nice. It was a nice uh, mini uh, uh, partner presentation. It was the second one. Sounds like they're going to be doing these every single month, potentially, going forward for a while. Uh, this one felt better, had a better pacing. I think they maybe just had a better, like a better, broader selection of games to pick from. Don't think it had the 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 big finish quite like uh, the SMT5 date or window plus Nocturne HD or remaster, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. It still felt it still felt good, but again, yikes! Uh, the, the 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 drought for Nintendo, like proper Nintendo Direct. This is. It's getting out of it's getting out of hand with like uh, any little bit of any any tweet from Nintendo. People just like just jump on it. Like we're Smash, you know, we're Smash character. We're the direct, and even uh, yeah, it's it's a whole mess right now. Uh, it's really chaotic. It's unfortunate. I mean, we got more rumors. Like there's supposed to be something tomorrow. Doesn't look like it's happening. So they're supposed to be happening before <laughs> end of sep- in sometime in September. We got more. The Switch Pro rumors are back cover that shit for like most of freaking 2019 it's back again it's just it's it's weird it, it, if, if anything they the it's i feel like people think there's something going on behind the scenes there but at the same time i think it's actually pretty clear what's going on the, this is third party showcases just submit us their stuff because we don't nintendo themselves always have their own plan for their own internal stuff they're gonna do whatever whatever they want. I don't I don't know if I have enough confidence anymore to think they're gonna do a full blown direct anytime this year again. I think they might do a trailer or presentation for a single game again, mm. like they did with Paper Mario, the Origami King. Mm. Uh, they probably do one for Pikmin at some point, but 
they, they I think they just told publishers you gotta like send us your stuff we'll do a third party one or do it on your own but don't count on us you know to do like a, a big direct or anything like that I think they're it's taking weird. COVID very seriously yeah it's weird and to me that affected. it's like people are freaking out and it's doom and gloom and they had one of the biggest games ever this year Animal Crossing and Paper Mario like like PlayStation had Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima Nintendo had Animal Crossing and Paper Mario like why is everyone freaking out, Damiani? What's because people the deal? are saying because they're the rumors. They're the, the people who are insiders are saying things, but the problem it's twofold. There are insiders who are not reliable that people put too much stock into, mm. um, and I feel because there is a lack of general communication coming about first party titles um, that people are used to. Uh, I feel they're being exploited. Mm. Uh, they'll see a random rumor on a random site and just want to believe so desperately it's true uh. or it sounds plausible. But then you also have insiders who do know things. Um, the, the, the multiple two or three insiders said there would be something this week. They didn't say it was going to be a proper direct. They just said there'd be something this week. And people will see what they want to see and draw their own conclusions and think it's this is it. This is the big thing. And you, you, even with sony and microsoft we've gotten multiple events from them even if they haven't been like knocked out of the park whether you believe they did or not they still got their events they still had something that resembled what you expected in this time frame i think the the answer huber the best the biggest piece to this equation is just there was no e3 for nintendo it's just people are like where 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 the announcements we're used to big announcements from nintendo every year and you you really haven't gotten that focus thing and it's throwing everyone uh, throwing a lot of people out of the loop for that. Got it. The other ones have been loud, and Nintendo's been quiet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got it. Ad company. Do you oh, think bubble? I was just gonna. This is quick. I was just gonna say. Let's say Nintendo keeps doing these things, or they just drop them without saying anything first to manage hype. You know, will that backfire when eventually they do announce something ahead of time? It'll redouble the fervor. Everyone will be like, "Oh my God, they said something first. <sighs> that, that means made, it's no, gonna be Metroid I, and everything." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you, are you asking if like they tomorrow they shadow drop the Breath of the Wild two trailer, and would that backfire? I'm saying or, if they sorry. announce anything ahead of time now, will it make people's hype go even crazier because mm. they just dropped this? I, I, I feel like yeah, I, unfortunately, it's not entirely their fault. I mean, it, it them not saying anything about first first party stuff other than what we've talked about already. Like we're, we're referencing here, we're referencing Breath of the Wild two. Let's be honest, like Breath of the Wild two. <laughs> People like the, are expecting this game. It, it, it's it came out the original came out in 2017. It's been over three years. It's supposed to be a sequel. You'd th- even though it's open world, you'd think this shouldn't take this long. People thought it was like near completion, and and people are wondering where the heck it is and when we're gonna see it next. There are there are whole there are plenty of other first party games people want to hear about like Metroid and 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 so on. But it's Breath of the Wild two. It's pretty much Breath of the Wild two. Where is Breath of the Wild two? When are we gonna see it next? And it, I, I think the best course of action for them is just to be open. If we're getting a Breath of the Wild, something's going to include Breath of the Wild, just say so. Like, say, like, next week they announce a Direct. Like, next Friday, mm-hmm. there will be a Nintendo Direct featuring an update on several first-party titles, including the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel. Just say it's in there. Don't make that a surprise. <laughs> At this point, don't make that a... a don't sure. make that an unknown. As long as they're upfront about what's going to be in it, when it comes to the first party stuff, I think they've actually done that well. They did it with Min Min and the Fighter. They said it was going to be an arms fighter for the first right. fighter. That went over perfectly well. I think as long as they say something upfront about first party stuff, they're great. 
It's when they don't say anything or they say things that are ambiguous. Like, WayForward is going to be announcing a new <laughs> title tomorrow from a third-party IP that it's like, ooh. It's like, yeah, that's, yeah. Society is engineering a world where surprises won't be possible anymore. Because, oh. like, we can't handle them one way or the other. That is the true dystopia to me. <laughs> uh, Damiani, did you see those uh, that talk that Pikmin was supposed to come out months ago and they just basically just moved it to, to keep the schedule rolling? Huh. I saw that. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, honestly, to be fair, they're still having a record here. Switches are still oh, yeah. at a record pace. Well, Software is setting records. You know, sold out constantly. There actually yeah. isn't a lot of incentive for them to put out a made, like, to cannibalize everything. Like, they're letting these games breathe and have these like long runs and and they're they're reaping the benefits of that i i don't think they like people are like oh we need the 35th mario anniversary collection in september october we need breath of the wall 2 in november like i don't think that would be the best case for them they might just be holding on to these things because they have other plans for next year and they might want to save them they might want to save these bigger games and whatever they're doing as counteraction to what microsoft and sony are going to do or just they want when they see switch sales slowing down oh switch pro coming out oh launching with breath of all two oh prime four like they'll, they'll, i think that's just how they they operate is that it, it, people think it, they i think people make it more complicated than it seems sometimes with their like their ideas and theories i think they just do what makes the best business sense for them and right now there, there isn't really the only thing that's going to honestly put pressure on them is the investors. And people are pointing to a potential investor meeting coming up or something like that in September where the investors might start asking questions. And if Nintendo stock, it's at, it was at like a record high recently. If it starts going the other way drastically, then that might put more pressure on them to, to talk about stuff. But until then, I think they're fine. Yeah, I don't Sick. think that they would intentionally hold stuff off because I think that they have actually made a pretty solid effort of having something come out you know almost monthly uh for the switch uh or if, if they can't then you know they're still around six weeks or so apart uh i i do think that because of where they're located and just you know just the infrastructure in, in japan of how people tend to be different in their their home and work life that it's just been a lot harder for them to to really keep the development on pace uh and so since they haven't announced dates then they're like hey let's just wait until it's ready they, they yeah, have that covid right warning now. at the beginning yeah. of all of their directs and so, yeah. yeah not a and, lot of other companies yeah. are doing that and so mm -hmm. they are clearly I, being affected i don't that. know how much we've gotten to peek behind the curtain on some of the japanese companies how they've been affected i can give you one example the uh the final fantasy 14 team got permanently delayed three months everything in their roadmap is backed by three months now including the expansion that usually comes out every other summer every other summer sorry which would be coming out next summer is no longer coming out next summer they already said like it's in, it's going to be several months after that it took them about three and a half months to get a, a, a workflow and pipeline established that they were we can be we're back on schedule nothing else will be delayed um because they're not used to working from home also they work uh, a lot of secrecy they pride themselves on protecting the stuff not having leaks and and having this, like, everyone works inside the office mentality, I think it was a little harder maybe for some of those companies to adjust. So I wonder if Nintendo went through the similar thing where NCL had to figure out how are we going to get this to work. Even Sakurai, even Sakurai's presentation, even he, he specifically alluded to, it's not, 
we're, we're getting back to working at almost a normal pace, but we're still affected and stuff, you know. Uh, hopefully things will be better is what he said, but, you know, they weren't at the time and, you know, but they're, we'll have to see. So I, I wonder if everything just was, had no release date and just internally everything got pe pushed back by a few months. So, you know, maybe, maybe Breath of the Wild was a sequel was a tw end of 2020 game but it's getting pushed back into like spring of next year who, who knows I, I think once we start seeing these other games we've been expecting when we see when they're coming out i think people will start to be able to do the math and be like oh if you if you thought that should have come out here it came out four months after expect after you expected it i mean you'll you'll be able to get a better gauge but that investor meeting whatever that happens when there's a q a someone's going to ask about that more specifically i think mm -hmm. that's when we'll get very specific information about what's really going on over there that was the beginning of also this week, but <laughs> boom, that segment is now officially blown up to get its own timestamp. Congratulations! I was I was gonna I was gonna put that give it a timestamp. I was like, oh, we should probably wrap up that podcast. But Nintendo, it was a What's it was up a with Nintendo. It was a mini direct, but a very very <laughs> large segment on this week's podcast. Uh, and as long as we're talking about it, collection of Saga Puyo Puyo Tetris Two, yes, and uh, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory were highlights. For yeah. That. Melody of Memory, dude. Eight players. Yes. Yeah, Let's go. It also has a, a, eight a players, hidden, eight allies. Yo, hitting cutscene. Oh. New no, lore. No. There's new lore. Yeah, Kyrie's is, oh, no. Kyrie's is after no, no. three, right? Yep. New yep. lore. Yep. 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 Get ready. Get yep. All right. Yep. <clears throat> Heck yeah. Let's try this again. <laughs> also this week, ad company Ogilvy used Twitch donations to advertise Burger King. You're about this? I've got 10 Dirty. minutes of stuff to say about Ogilvy Jones. He just showed up on streams of. like, hey, you want five bucks? <laughs> Buy some Burger King. And streamers like, what the hell is this? So uh, Ogilvy's <laughs> feeling bad about that. I don't know if Burger King got the memo. Uh, people were upset we didn't talk about Black Myth Wukong, which this looks amazing. Looks uh, had an impressive gameplay crazy. demo. So yeah. amazing. Uh, based on Journey I, I to the West, that. which also inspired Enslaved, one of your faves. And you know what else inspired? The thing you don't like us Dragon to talk Ball. about on the podcast ever. What? <laughs> Dragon Ball. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's, you can talk about Dragon Ball, just not for long. I was like, what politics? And not right now. Yeah. <laughs> Dragon Ball politics. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely squeeze some politics in this episode. Uh, I mentioned before, Fall Guys, the most downloaded PlayStation Plus game of all time. A Prince of Persia remake appeared on a retail website in Guatemala. Um, but is probably weird. the original game, if it's anything at all. If that mm. was just some weird goof, but everybody's like, hey, you know, calm down. Might not be Sands of Time. Um, mm. Might just be like a weird, fun new version. Mm. It's probably on mobile or something dumb. Uh, and we mentioned, but according to the Economic Daily News, we are getting a new Switch in Q1 2021. We will see what that is like. Uh, Frogwares is facing more delisting issues with the Sinking City and licensee mm. Big Ben Nakon. If you want to read up on this, this sucks. I read that whole thing. This is just yeah. a company that's like, hey, you will publish mm. your game and then we'll give you money. And then they just didn't give them money for a long period of time. And uh, we're just a big pain in the ass. And so. Big and ben started acting sounds... like they owned it. And they yeah, and these are the same ben people that, yeah, they have sketch. the Sherlock Holmes games. It's just, there's just a lot of, yeah. Yeah, almost like their entire platform of games is just Oof. kind of being held hostage by this big publisher. So, um, yeah, just get a, a, a terrifying glimpse into how things can go horribly wrong. Uh, Sony is currently, as we mentioned, accepting applicants for a chance to pre-order the PS5 directly from them. We'll see how that works out. Uh, there is a Resident Evil TV series currently in development on Netflix. They got a script for episode one, and it's based on Wesker's kids. <laughs> Wesker's the got Wesker kids. kids. The Go. Wesker kids. The Wesker kids. 
The, his children have fact f- well, featured in games before. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know yeah. if this is like Albert Wesker's kids or the Wesker children, like Alex Wesker, Albert Wesker, that are part of the experiment, like Ian's talking about. Yeah. So time will tell. Ooh. Either way, yeah. so pumped. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> the Witcher Monster Slayer was announced, which is similar to Pokemon Go. It's basically the, the Witcher Go. And. Um, so in. All right. <laughs> but how do you play this if you can't go anywhere? This We're is on true. lockdown. Well, you just, no, you can go places. Just you just walk around your apartment. Uh, <laughs> Hello Games wow. is the last campfire is out. You play it right now if you're Wait, listening to this what? podcast. It's out. <laughs> yep, boom. When did they announce that? They announced it the day before it came out. <laughs> and boom, there it is. Hmm. Yep. Weird. The new, game, the new game from Hello Games, the last campfire. Go get it. Uh, several employees cool. have left Lab Zero Games, the developer of Skullgirls, because oh, of studio yeah. head Mike mm-hmm. Z, mm-hmm. who... Like this, the whole company left, man. There, I don't think there's a huge argument here. Yeah. For like, are their stories true? It's like when literally the entire company just walks. But apparently, yeah. uh, it was just reported today that they're still developing Skullgirls. Like they're still able to work on it, but they have left the company. It is kind of a strange middle road deal. Some, Mike Z is yeah, the because one hundred percent shareholder. There's nothing they can do. I mean, he owns. Yeah, the company. people have been there for like the better part of a decade, yeah. and yeah, just yeah. love the company, love the stuff that they work on. Yeah. Also made that other game, but. This name I don't remember. Indivisible. 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 Yeah, but, Some um, friends of mine worked with that guy. I won't really say in what capacity, but yeah, sounds like a real weird, not, egotistical bastard. Not many positive stories yeah. about that, Mike Z. Well, the good thing uh, is Lab Zero doesn't own the IP. Oh, nice. So they can't do. They, they're like they cut him out. They they couldn't get him to. It was going to cost too much to buy him out of his to make him uh, take a severance. So yeah. They're gonna keep working, as you said. They're gonna keep working on it. Cut them out. Yeah. Hmm. Hopefully, things Beer. are looking up for that Darn. team. Uh, after all they've been through, a lot of people writing stories. They're just like, this is one of my best friends. I've known him for a really long time, and I just can't. I can't put up with this guy anymore. Um, Epic Games can't get the Fort can't get Fortnite back in the Apple Store, but Apple can't block development distribution of the Unreal Engine. The plot thickens. The story continues. Not getting into details there. I'll leave that up to Hogue. Uh, this is so but over my head. Yeah. Microsoft filed yeah. a statement supporting Epic Games, so Microsoft's jumping in the the swimming pool. Of course. There. I mean, why not? Yeah. yeah They've been on of Apple forever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they also had an event, the free Fortnite events in Fortnite, which yeah, didn't wasn't creepy at all, where you could get that Apple-headed thing. Like weird like, 1984 yeah. thing. Wow. It's very weird. <laughs> it makes me root for Epic just a little bit less when they're like, here's yeah. an event you can do. It's like, God, you put well, this all of this This whole thing madness. is like a weird marketing ploy, too. Yeah, it's it's like... all marketing. Uh, Joseph Statton, former Halo writer, was brought onto Infinite's team to help it launch, meaning Halo Infinite. Uh, Statton was yeah, very much involved in the first couple games. I recall behind the scenes of him directing all of the voice actors. I remember him talking to mm. Cortana in the studio and seeing footage. I also remember in the brief E3 stint where I worked for IGN and did reported for them on a couple of bits. Uh, the the year we started Easy Allies, 2016. Uh, I went over to uh, I went over to the Xbox booth to uh, ask about no. Recore. I was like, I'm here from IGN to yeah. interview someone for Recore, and they were like, remember that. they were like, let me go get Joseph, and Joseph Statton comes walking up. I was like, oh, what's up, dude? <laughs> I would. I want to. I have so many questions for you that are so much more important than Recore. But I guess we'll talk about Recore. <laughs> a wild Joseph. I want to hear approached. about your. I want to hear about like your little ju- horn phase. I did. I just yeah. I ran around with the camera, you know, and uh, uh, talked to some it. people during E3. That was it. Dig. Yeah. E3 2016. You can dig for some of my IGN interviews. Uh, the next gen oh. version of Call of Duty. Black Ops Cold War will cost seventy dollars. Uh, you get both gen versions, but oh. that's a that's a lot some. Of, I didn't hear that. That is that's some the first one. G- 
Brand manager, that mm-hmm. is some excellent mm-hmm. brand managing mm-hmm. saying. You get both versions. Because yeah. it's like, well, I just Cyberpunk's want the next... Like- I just want the next-gen version. I don't want... You know, if it comes out, like, next gen or whatever, it's, like, giving you something you don't want. Yeah. But, yeah, you get both. Yeah. Uh, so, what? but, you know, it's... Or, it's just... or, yeah, free upgrade that... It's either a free upgrade that way, it should be, or if you just buy next gen, they're, like, forcing you to get the last gen version. That's like how you Slick could... marketing. You're, like, lousy with copies of Bioshock 1, because, like, you couldn't buy, like, one thing of anything without getting Bioshock yeah. 1 for free for, like, a couple of years. <laughs> But people are saying that could be uh, a sign that uh, that $70 next-gen tax uh, is potentially it's coming happening. Uh, Blood spoiled this, but people are using Microsoft Flight Simulator to observe Hurricane Laura, um, which, you know, um, you know, Tropical lots, storm lots Laura of, now? Lots of, yeah, lots of Maybe. love going out to people uh, that are, you know, obviously affected by that. But it is fascinating because you can have live... Uh, Live time of day and live weather in that game. And so a lot of people, even, you know, meteorologists are like flying planes around that thing just to kind of study wow. it. Um, so it is interesting to see, yeah, all of the all the crazy things going on with Flight Simulator since launch. And the July NPDs were released. I'm sorry, Huber. They happened oh, last week. We could have talked about it. I, I am not. I'm not clued. I follow Piscatella. I get all his tweets. I check Twitter all damn. the time. Uh, I'm just not in that. I think. I think. You'll get in I that think, zone. I think Bossman could just smell him. You know, he would just sell He'd wake up one morning and be like, today's the day. And, uh, he like wakes up in a, a cold lot. sweat. It's, it's, like, oh, it's a lot, lot going on in this biz, but uh, totally missed that. Didn't want to go back. There's clearly enough to talk about because we are. This is a long podcast episode. But uh, one of these I feel days, like I every will get time I'm on the podcast, it might be me because every time I'm on the podcast, Jones, you say, "I feel like this." Oh, when Huber you know, this is a long up. podcast. Oh, Huber's on the podcast. You're like, oh, this is really long. Yeah. Where those NPDs at? No, I, I, the length of the podcast. I mean, you're always like, "Yeah, this is a long podcast." Yeah. I, feel like I hear I you say that every time. time. Yeah. Looking at my waveform, I think I talk more than usual. <laughs> Huber, I'm about to do love and respect. Okay. It is time <laughs> for love and respect. Love, love and respect. respect. You know, quantum error, it it looks... From Keld Huage Majors. It looks so sick. Keld Huage Majors. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I almost certainly am not. Hello, allies. Got a weird one for you. What's your opinion on damage numbers? Boom. We already talked about it in video games. The recent reveal of Gotham Knights made me think of this. Is the numbers popping up when you hit an enemy? Make me question how immersive the experience will be of pretending to be in the actual crime fighter in this world. Especially when, for example, you compare it to the Arkham series, which did not have this and therefore arguably made it much more immersive. Then again, a turn-based game like Persona heavily relies on showing you how much damage you do to your opponent and it doesn't take away from the experience at all maybe in persona's case it even enhances it what's your take on this in what instances do visible damage numbers make sense are there examples of recent games where you felt they were out of place and how do you think they can be done right love and respect killed from the netherlands i think with persona it works because it's such a stylized world and it's a turn-based rpg it's weird in a like i guess gotham knights though is kind of looking like a comic book so it's not as ultra realistic as say something like Arkham Knight was, but the more realistic it is with the damage numbers, it, it, it does kind of break the immersion. You also for me. It's, it's it's you also got detective mode, man. It is it is yeah. the, the software Batman has downloaded into the suits that allow you to sure. to, yeah. to calculate <laughs> how much health an enemy has and how effective <laughs> each attack you are doing against said enemy. I would expect nothing it's like less in from Cyberpunk, right? UI elements are things that you mod into your body. Sure. Cool. Um, I think to me, a lot of it comes down to real time combat and, and speed. Like when you see like 
a chain of numbers like pop 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 right out of somebody's head like i i i don't know how useful that information is anymore you know it's like yeah when you do a a single hit in a turn-based game and you see that big number good call okay got it and whereas with this stuff it's like okay well 40, 40, I, 40, 40, 50, 50, 40. Yeah. Like, what? 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 How useful is that? That's such a good well, point, Blood I, mean, I think it's it. There you go. It's, I mean, I was going to say, I, I think it's still useful because it shows, it gives you immediate feedback on what you're doing if it's doing more damage than something yeah. else. Especially MMOs, in this game Damiani. Where you're, sure, sure. you're going to be equipping, any game where you're going to be equipping gear and you need to understand if, and elemental stuff and you need to know if you're doing more damage, what was working. It's either health Dom cards. over here playing a game you can't even see through all the text. So. <laughs> it's either uh, harsh, hard shots. It's either you have Dude. health bars above you and you see like these attacks are doing more damage, or the, the as the color coded stuff like you saw like yellow for crits or bigger numbers for crits sure. or exclamations for crits or red because it's like this is fire damage. Um, I do agree. It's annoying when it's like a gun like shooting games when it does it like I hate that because it's too fast. That's almost too fast to process. It's almost better just put like a there's a better way to represent it I think. But in this game you're it's you're fighting but it's I don't think it's that fast where you. I was seeing only a handful of numbers at a time. It wasn't like on my like for me at least. It was oh, I'm seeing a hundred, a hundred, two hundred. That was a crit. Okay, I, 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 it's useful. And some players want to know like what's the best build? Like how am I? Like what's the best way to kill this thing? And they, it's better than just either go for the immersive version where you have no information and you just gonna do it till they get knocked down. And as nice as I love to arc past Arkham games combats. Uh, systems. There'd be times like I'm not sure this guy's dead. I'm gonna hit the punch button. I'm gonna fly across the whole screen and hit this person. And I was like, just because I wasn't sure. Yeah. Whereas when when you're informed and stuff, it's like you know, oh, their health bar's dead. They're done. You 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 finished. You 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 are. You understand that you've like you. It's 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 just more to process and understand. I think. To be fair, there is an audio cue in the old Arkham games when you knock someone. Yeah, that like, hard oh. that hard noise. So that was yeah. that was good. Um. But sometimes that's not the. I think. I think it'd be fine if there was an option to turn off the numbers. I think totally. we have the best of both worlds totally. here. Well, there's an option to turn off the numbers. I love numbers. options. This is mute. Yes. But, I love yeah, options. Options are good. Yes. Yeah. I, yes. I, agree but, with I mean, you. I think about I think about like Destiny Two, <laughs> and it's like, I don't even think about there being numbers. But last night I was playing it, and I realized like, oh, if I shoot this thing here, it's a crit, and I knew that because of the numbers, mm-hmm. and like. After a while, you just see, like, blonde, brunette, redhead. Like, you don't notice them anymore. Like, playing Diablo 3, you know, it's just, like, uh, you know, I have a my Paragon Wizard or whatever. Like, it's, like, 50 million, like, every two seconds coming off of these guys. And it's almost just, like, part of how hilarious it is to just see how, like, stupid powerful you are, you know? So, it's, yeah, it's a style choice. It's a thing. But in stuff like Destiny 2, where where, where you're shooting actually matters, like, it is a strategic thing to, to see the... You know, the yellow, the yellow points. weak point. Look number. at that yellow, yeah. I think I told you this, Damiani, but the, when I was just beginning in Final Fantasy XI, and I had, I wanted to play Paladin, so I had to be a warrior first, and I got the ability Provoke, you know, which is I can draw aggro, and my buddy's like, okay, use Provoke, and I hit it, and I was like, oh, wait, no, I hit the wrong button, I did some crazy spell, there was a big purple explosion in front of me, and he's like, that, that's, that's Provoke. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> As a warrior, I didn't know I could manifest a giant purple cloud in front of me, but in the world of... Final Fantasy, anything's possible. 
It is definitely completely different vibes, though, when numbers are popping up. Mm-hmm. The vibes are completely different. <laughs> so I get I get people asking about it and being Video worried about games. it. Yeah. From Marv DeParv, a new console <laughs> joins the battle. One of the wealthiest and most resourceful companies in the world doesn't have to, you know, it could be anything, has been working on a secret project in the shadows. Epic. They decide to join the console wars and release their own gaming, yeah, release their own gaming system in 2021. In terms of hardware, it's on par with the PS5 and Series X. However, their virtually unlimited budget allows them to buy three IPs that will exclusively release on their brand new console. GTA, Metal Gear, Final Fantasy, FIFA, Call of Duty, Street Fighter, no IP is off limits. Which three IPs should be acquired to all but guarantee a successful launch and bring some serious competition to the three current console giants. Love and respect, Marv the Parv. You got, get you got all more money than anything. You're buying Fortnite? 100%. You get Fortnite? I think that I think this is a losing proposition. This would piss people off more than it yeah, would be good. Yeah, I don't see them winning. We pissed people off with Spider-Man on PS4. Like I know the point is to pick three games, but I'm like, this doesn't sound like like it sounds like Stadia right away. Like Ian said, it's like right. I was gonna say you pick the biggest multiplayer game, the biggest single player franchise, and then Pokemon. One other, one other one. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Yeah, Pokemon. Pokemon Pokemon on there, you're fine. Pokemon, it's good. I mean, Pokemon's a good call. I think you have to get stuff where the player base doesn't care what it's on they just want that thing whereas like if you pick last of us or fortnite or god of Metal war Gear, god of war is our showpiece you're just gonna piss gamers off you're gonna piss yeah. people off but pokemon, if you get pokemon they're yeah. gonna be like oh this is the new pokemon but that's the thing, thing. but yeah. if people Not are to pissed say that most pokemon people don't Dude, care but five thousand a day ten thousand a day people will people pay, will pay it. it they're gonna pay <laughs> no matter what they're gonna be pissed but they're gonna play it I don't know if they would, dude. I don't know if they would. If if Metal Gear Solid 6 came out on Stadia only, I still don't think people would buy that piece of There's a lot more behind that, though. All right, bad example. If Kojima directed it and wrote it. Pokemon GTA Call of Duty. That's what they (laughs) need. Yeah. Good job. Uh, And uh, Madden. That's a win, yep. Pokemon GTA Call of Duty. Mm, I don't know about Madden. Blood nailed it. That's a bullseye, Bloodworth. Yeah. Uh, that is the direct critical strike. A yellow number just popped up. <laughs> <laughs> probably be a red number, right? <laughs> uh, this is probably more for Ian uh, and myself than anybody else, but Matt Galeza asks, Hey, Elias, when I'm editing, I like to have something on the other screen to keep me company. I probably watched Scott Pilgrim five or six times this year, as I just love that movie. What's a go-to show or movie that you have on in the background several times? Love and respect, Matt. So you're doing something else. You might even be listening to this thing. Uh, speaking of this very podcast, I, I, I pop in a lot of this stuff. The MCU is classic for me, um, or just generally something like Dark Crystal, just something that is just very vi- fifth element. It's, I mean, it's like visually very eye popping, but you know, and I've already seen that can just entertain me in the background. I just listen um, to music. Yeah, when I'm editing, when I'm editing things, I don't have anything going because I need yeah. I need all my senses. I need yeah. to taste the cuts um, for for editing. You guys- but like. If I'm doing you Photoshop, you had that thing set up in the old, the old bay when we well, were at the, yeah. yeah. That's like that, a group vibe, though. That's yeah, different. that was that was Don and I both cutting yeah. stuff. When you're cutting in a group, you're like chatting and stuff, and you're yeah. not. But like when I'm cutting on my own, I'm I'm trying to get it done, you know. But I'll, I mean, I have a second monitor here that always has like Slack and and chats and stuff, so I've got chats going. But yeah, music. If I'm doing graphics work and I don't need my ears. Yeah, music Otherwise, for the me. only stuff I watch on YouTube is like 
synth stuff, Mr. Sunday Movies and, and Red Letter Media, mostly. <laughs> They're Bill and Ted Huber. They did Bill and Ted 1 and 2. Uh, it was awesome. Watch nice. that. Red Letter Media did? review of it. I know, Red I Letter Media did a review three. of gotta re-watch. Bill and Ted 1 and 2. And that's all you had awesome. to say. I watched it last night. Hmm. It, oh, boy, and that's like tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's tomorrow, dude. Uh, yeah, Bill's tomorrow. Head, face the music. Yes. 20 bucks, 25 bucks. 25 bucks. I don't care. I don't care. Yep. So I will spend $100 as soon as I'm to done watch that movie. $1,000 a day, $10,000 a day. I'm so excited. People will pay it. Tomorrow's coupon gonna day watch, for Bill and Ted Face I'm gonna the Music. Watch Bo- I'm going to watch Bogus Journey tomorrow with nice. Sophia, and then we're going to watch the third one. I saw somebody and on Twitter she doesn't said like it, they hadn't seen Bogus Journey be before, like, and they were like, what was that movie? It's like, oh, yeah. You think Excellent Adventure is so weird? Good, dude. Sign up. Bogus scared me as a kid. Bogus is my favorite. Freaked me out. It is time for bets. Oh. Next week's bet. Wasteland 3 launches on August 27th. By this time next week, August 27th being today, uh, when we record this podcast. So it is out if you want to go check that out, if you're listening to this. By this time next week, how many user reviews will this game have on Steam? I told the group PGA Tour 2K21 uh, launched last week on Steam. Currently has 492 reviews after one week to give people a perspective. Ian Hink. How many views there? 399. Maybe that's low. I don't know. All right. 399. Michael Damiani. 1,500. Ooh. Ooh. Michael Huber. Uh, is it 211? Okay. I was thinking like Game Pass. Like nobody's playing this on Steam, hopefully. Mm. Is it on Game Pass? I don't even know, dude. Okay. I hope it is. Uh, I think it is. Everything's Steam on Game Pass. Is your question. Yeah, okay. that was my that was my my logic there. Right. What's your there logic, Daniel Bloodworth? Uh, <laughs> I see him. Thirteen hundred. All right. Cool. Nine hundred for me. So. Oh yeah, so we got the mill. Um, so I got the low. Yeah. So so here's the thing, folks. Here's where we're at. I haven't locked down these bets in two weeks. Uh oh. So loose bets. The bets and Jeez. I, yeah, the bets got real upset. Okay, uh, the bets and I had a reckoning. Um, so the bets and I are, are kind of have like an ethereal relationship now. You know, uh, the bets, the bets and I are like kind of coexisting, if you will. Um, it's it's tough for me to kind of harness that energy and keep it with me throughout the week, um, but. Uh, uh, we're gonna see. I'm gonna see if I can go by. I might have to bring the locking mechanisms back. I might have to bring the the safe back. The vehicle to doors those, to trap those bets in. Uh, locking mechanisms on the vehicle door. But for right now, again, has absolutely nothing to do with production. It has nothing to do with sound effects. You know, forgetting them, not forgetting them, moderating duties or anything like that. Again, it's magic bets, energy flowing. Circular. Last week's bet, Madden NFL 21, launched on August 25th. No, it didn't. It hasn't launched yet. It launches tomorrow. My bet was I was going to read the last 10 reviews on OpenCritic.com. There are no reviews on OpenCritic.com. How many times would I see the word Jackson? Uh, Everybody bets stuff. We're not talking about that until next week because those reviews aren't up. So no bet happened this week. Um, I will will hand off the end of the duties to the podcast with the other team. Sorry, Bloodworth, because it was my fault. Thanks, Games Radar. (laughs) Used to be my number one resource to go for launch dates. Sure, watch I mean, Syndrome, had, man. I had the 25th written down as yeah. well, so I don't know. Sneaky, sneaky. Got to double check that what stuff. What happened there? Uh, yeah, so the scores aren't going up this week, but Jovial Penguins is still in the lead with 10. You did it wrong. What did I? What? We didn't. We did. You said the number. Don't we usually be like Jovial Penguins? I don't do the same thing every time. 
I say, when I say the word jovial penguins, that doesn't like trigger something for yeah. you, where you're like, oh, he's about I, to I say the number. No, but I heard jovial penguins. Make the noise. Something's different. Is something different? That brings our scores to jovial penguins ten. Ah, the numbers approach. I admire that in a man with a mask. I can't spice it up at all. I got to do the same reads every single time. <laughs> well, I got confused. I'm sorry. Astonished scorpion seven. <gasps> Let me tell you about Patreon.com. Stop it, Ian. Let me tell you about Patreon.com. <laughs> slash Reminds me of knowing. Dude, knowing. Reminds me of knowing. I my button on Ian the just had button. beams of light yeah. bursting from his Ian eyes. Knowing. Ghostbusters 2 vibes, which I appreciate, Ghost of course, yeah, I but think not while I'm trying to keep yeah, this podcast under two hours. I had my finger on the play button of knowing like three times over the last month. And I didn't do it because of that one shot where she looks down and there's like a weird angel in the yard and it's so scary. Dude, some freaky shots in that movie. Yeah. That's a movie? Alex Proyas? Yeah. Knowing? Knowing, dude. Have yep. you not seen Knowing? Roger Ebert Nicholas. says it is one of the greatest science fiction masterpieces of all time. Really? Yep. Roger <laughs> Ebert. Actually not four, a bad stars, movie. four stars. Four stars, Ebert. I think Brandon's just about to end the podcast about it. Oh, but Knowing with knowing. Cage. Okay. Yes. Cage. Wait, you say Cage. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the that's the Criterion Cage box set of random ass movies. Is what you're talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowing. Yeah. It's a movie that some people think is hot garb, and then right. some people think is. We got to get Nick Cage yeah. and Bruce Willis in the same movie because the two of them are making more movies that I know what to deal with. Making Steven Seagal jealous. Let me tell you about patreon.com slash easy allies. It's where you want to go if you want to support the easy allies. Financially, you're giving us a tremendous amount of support. If you were just listening to this podcast, if you were enduring with our silly ad reads. Uh, but we would appreciate it more if you would go to easyallies.com or patreon.com slash easy allies to learn more about easy allies. If you go to patreon.com, you'll get a lot of great exclusive stuff for just a dollar. You get Cup of Jones, which I do every Monday morning. Um, you get uh, our spoiler modes, which we do, and you get a bunch of exclusive stuff. Five dollars, you get this podcast early and you never know every now and then you might get a uh, other exclusive things early a couple days right now if you give five dollars to patreon.com you can check out daniel bloodworth's recent creation where he sat down with gareth coker uh which is the composer of ori and the blind forest and ori and the will of the wisps for a wonderful 40 minute plus conversation where they talked about both of those games dark Side of genesis minecraft dlc all sorts of crazy stuff that he has been involved in um everyone else gets to check that out. actually if you were listening to this podcast you can actually go get that for free because that is up on our youtube channel but it's a perfect example this week you never know when you might get something early access on there you also get some other shows early access and you can be involved in love and respect and you can suggest things for silver lining at the top of this podcast if you donate 200 not donate if you give 250 dollars to easy allies you will be a part of the shout out tier um, it is the end of the month. A you know big thanks to all of the people that are at this tier that support us for the month of August. And I would love to shout them out. Before I do, I will let Ian know that, of course, he is first and I'm after him. Blood, uh, Huber, you are after me. Damiani, you are after Huber. And Blood, you are last this week. Shout out to Caleb Togi Crawford, Delisi, L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Jeff Zovgm Easton, and J.L. Burton, LLC. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Nice. Absolutely and no yeah. need to lean forward, Hubert, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. That mic is picking you up good. I got I to gotta yeah, drop to the clear, Hubert since levels every week. Got to get the shout uh, out. Maximum hype. This is, this is the last uh, podcast of the month. If you want to be on that tier for September, you've got to get your, your pledge in. 
by the the last day of the month and then basically when the clock strikes midnight it'll charge and then once we see that your charge went through then you'll be on that list for september very cool okay jovial penguins easy ian I'm giving you this podcast because I goofed on the bets. We'll, we will uh, reconcile two bets next week. Who wants what? You get Your team gets to promote any Easy Allies video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you've disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped in your head. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign-off. I'll promote something. Okay. What do you want, Tim, Annie? Just chomping pick. at the bit. You pick. So excited pick. to end this podcast. <laughs> you pick. Oh, pick Eldest Souls quests eldest ring go what <laughs> go yeah eldest I'll do, souls I'll ring i'll do the i'll do the the final word then all right what's it gonna be in black lives matter okay yeah, that's what i was gonna do well all yes right. with the thing you wait double. what about the what about the video yeah, i gotta you get promote to do something the video first yeah. you promote the video right now <laughs> you promote so the video ben <laughs> pens don't skip watch it Destroy all humans. There you go. Nice. Good stuff. Good video. You worked real hard. <laughs> Take us out, Damiani. Until next time, may the way of the hero lead <laughs> to the Triforce. Necromunder Underhive. Wait, what about that horror game, dude? The Easy Allies would like to thank our Patreon podcast producers. We apologize in advance for all the ally names we are about to misspell and mispronounce. Caleb Togi Crawford, Delisi, L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Jeff ZOVGM Easton, J.L. Burton, LLC, Walker Hope, Nick, Mark Dalga, Will Schmuck, Sigma, Robert Stoffel, Zachary Wingate, Thomas Wigginton Jr., Dave Red, Richard G. Flowers, Paolo Costabel, Discarded Digit, Ali Cat, Damnable Nook, Jay Shee, Happy Gaming, Bradley Spees, Miguel Rivas, Valmar, Blue Water Blue Sky, Daniel Portillo, Jose Gutierrez, Alex AI, Rob Bob Will, Beaten Down Brian, Jan Tyson, Chum Nguyen, Roy Sung, Hayden Hargraves, Lakota1010, G. Levin, David Wen, Matthew Pauling, G. Ken, Gary James, The Banana Forklift Killer, Marcel Markov, Catherine Lai, Todd Yurkovic, Stephen Last, Candy Coated Thorns, Hitman47, Rack, DRD7014, Matthew Holcomb, Oni Black Mage, Joachim Arovuo, Niz Klojgaard, Jesper Lawson, Jordan Kirk, James Vitt, Sam Hendrick, Stephen Thomason, Robert Crouch, Luke Bennett, Andy Drew, John Burns, Snake 24 Mango, Richard Johnston, Mark J. Betters II, Adam Henry, Tim O'Keefe, Ethereal Ether, Brad Grenz, Andrew Stoke, Thor Mangus, Jake Musser, Eric Crone, Beastmaster 64, Jesse Blue, Christopher Santis, Strikeout NZ, Sandra and Richard Acero, David Boyarski, Faraz Rizvi, Pete Shoemaker, Reed Johnson, Manuel Thomas, Michelle Nub, Mike Mizek Novak, Alex Monaco, Paul Bishop, Madren, Marco Hernandez, Daniel Wong, Zustick, V. Kira Ray, Don Turner, Sebastian Urban, Eddie Reisner, Sebastian Trier, Adam Scherenbrock, Evan Eng, 
Raymond Chow, Azazel Valkyrie, Junya Motomura, Ivan Ponce, Tuttle, Bjornor Haraldsvik, Egg Stravaganza, Joshua Vanswall, Stephen Walther, Tense George, Colin Hoyleman, Barry, Cyberboa, Forrest, Eric Maynard, Chase Caldwell, I Sun Chor, Leon Keyes, Chris the Pianist, Ian Anderson, Philip Higdon, Nycrypt, Jai Aldiar, Robert I, C.S. Lewis, Ahmed Al Rashed, Bonnie and Jason Connor, Travis Miosi, Mike Calvi, Alex Glass, The Fatty Show, Neo Bear, Dan Pan 16, Wouter DeHayes, William Heaney, Not Jack, Mithers Strongbeard, Jana, Anthony Galvin, V8 Dave, Oro Gacino, Dakota Hayes, The Classiest Hobo, Misuki 211, Matt Karwaski, Liam Ahern, Bunny Chen, David Kennedy, Materia Addict, Arthur Henrique Chinaglia, Culinary Stud, Magnus Rasmussen, Edison S. Prada Jr., Tim Mann, Sean Rao, Haley Hill, Crediar, Mauricio Fuentes, Jesse Fish, Gabriel Aberg, Zahid Hosseini Korami, Louis Ibarra, Lee Young, Alexander Zirianov, Morpheus, Christian Hundorf, Brian Foster, Sean Cornett, Linson Wu, General Piet, Matthew Migler, Retroid Vaniac, Brandon White, Christophe Fatui, Michael Clendenan, Wen Boshan, Hadi Ali, Aurelien Grenier, Eric Gustafson, Trevor Thomas, Wavering Radiant, Michael Kozachenko, Awesome Express, Adam Lindsay, Corey Landega, Pablo Rodriguez, Alec Church, Ibrahim Sozer, Carl Williams, Gustav Strombohm, Volker Bach, Russell Bateman, Lindsay Wells, Jason I, Rickard Enbaum, Nefertiti Jenkins, Tyler Wallace, Kyle Quintero, Jesse Vitelli, Jonathan and Amy Alconis, Quinn Riley, JC3, Paul Molson, Isaac Swanson, Jameson Lapine, Max His Shame Terman, Jethrin, Bread Roll Art, Matt Ford, Joey Din, Splontot, Jordan Phillips, Ryan Wagner, Matthias Clare, Spencer Stevens, Jeffrey Murillo, Kevin Camposano, Trizak, Matt Ferguson, Sam Sorensen, Vincent Foliat, Paul Sway, Michael Baloney, Andy Marks, Tim Strothman, XWF Outlaw, Julius Garcia, Alex Lavanier, Ritz1906, Joel Short, Dimitri Zetas, Mazrim Tame, Helen Y, Noah Weinstein, Jameson Anderson, Daniel Fuchs, Travis Gakowski, Megadet, Sneaky Gato, Blake Bonsack, W. Crusher, Lion Crown 19, Tom Masterman, Jojo Denko, ZK, Jose Carlos Madrigal, Mr. Anarchy, Thomas Blaze Fochero, Andreas Risberg, Anti Ataraxia, Dreams of Caffeine, Michael Bisegli, Matthew Holmes, Alexander McEkern, Kodiak Bear 88, Lars Berger, Marcel Giru 17 Frolic, Erdney Kutenau, Megan McDonough, Rainier Dennis Bautista, Glenn Olson, Olf himself, Corey Jackson, Natavia Ross, Allison Burt, Ryan Anderson, Jess Wilkison, Katie Garza, Jeffrey Ruchtenwald, Dan Sebring, James Davey, Neil Bruce, Silent Consonant, Craig Happ, Travis Ng, Cody Westley, Cisco Ace Jackson Garcia, Kroldemort, Jeremy Ferris, Clay Roberts, Super 3D Cow, Ahab, Malianware, Mick Roper, Accounts Payable, Tristan Howard, John Gallagher, Dan Allen, Gray Willow, Andrew Reif, Mr. V, Mikhail Aniel, Blue, Matthew Eden, A Filthy Lot, Neuromood, John Sebastian B, Mike Hook 1, Miguel, Defeated Hero.